Greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of How To Wrestling, the world's first wrestling podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, and goodness knows, maybe even how to enjoy wrestling. However, once again, I'm the ire of the internet wrestling community, or the lesser of two evils in this case, uh, Kevin Mann, joins in this look at a very special tag team indeed, the Young Bucks I'm talking about, joined by Joanna Graham. Hello! Are you excited about this one, Joe? I'm very excited about this one. This is a first, for many uh, instances, this is the first episode of How to Wrestling, where we're doing a non-WWE team. Yeah. It's obviously an interesting uh, first episode for us because we are going to be mainly focusing on WWE, but I think that the Young Bucks are probably such a substantial non-WWE presence that they are definitely warranting their own episode and also it's the first episode which has been chosen by one of our backers on patreon chosen chosen one the chosen chosen one the first ever chosen one and i honestly i was a little bit shaky about this whole patron (laughs) thing they're gonna request some fucking awful muck the obscurest thing it's gonna be like how to tiger alley scene just so they can watch me fester in rage and how shit i hate (laughs) but no this is an absolute gem how to Young Bucks because it's a team which had you heard much about this before? No, I hadn't heard about them at all. Never heard about them. No, when I when uh, this episode was requested by Kevin Poole. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. You're the you're you know what you're so cool. You can use F for your Kevin as well. You know, go for it. Go for it. Um, when we first got the message from Kevin requesting it, I turned to you and I was like no idea who these people are I hope they're good because this is high risk I think I did like a wee little dance in the kitchen where I was like yes yes because <laughs> I'll be honest I will say this off the bat right from the start okay I'm not an expert in the young bucks at all okay they are obviously from um, a world and an area of wrestling where I do dip my toe in I do try to keep up with broad strokes and find out what's going on who are the, the main players and whatnot. But I'm by no means an indie wrestling uh, aficionado. So at first I was a little bit concerned about this. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be awful. I don't know if I have enough to say about these guys. But then I realized that they are a team that have such strong opinions one way or another from so many fans. And I'm someone as well who would obviously have an opinion. And I really was relishing the chance not just to sit down and hear what people have to say about this by tweeting in how to young books. There was some amazing mm, comments here. Like really probably good. one of the most active ones ever, I would say. This is definitely, yeah, not only the most active in terms of number of comments, replies, tweets, whatever we've been sent, but also in terms of different opinions. I thought, thought Hulk Hogan ones, yeah. would be more controversial than this one. Hulk Hogan was like, fuck him, but he made a lot of money. Whereas this one, we had people saying yeah. they are ruining the business and people also saying they are saving the wrestling yeah. business. And I, yeah, and not just to, to hear those opinions, which is fascinating for, for us, but also just to sit down and watch some matches. Because I mean, I'd seen quite a few Young Bucks matches, but to really sit down and kind of try and give these guys a, a fair appraisal, yeah. and particularly with someone like you who's only watching wrestling for so long, I think your opinion is probably the most important <laughs> of all for anyone when talking about the Young Bucks, because uh, it's it's something different, I guess. Yeah, I that's mean, super different. I mean, not to get into the matches just this second, but I mean, how would you have described your Young Bucks match-watching experience? Um, high energy. Exhilarating? 
Yes, very exhilarating. Oh, no. Very athletic. This is the only episode of the podcast where Joe has not got a can of energy drink. Yeah, if I Such feel is slow. the work rate and the pace <laughs> of the Young Bucks match. It's literally making it's, Joe's blood move it's quicker. It's true. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> They're my energy drink. So, the Young Bucks. I mean, these are guys who... Names who I would have heard crop up on the independent scene for, for a number of years. And they had some kind of blips on the radar before really kind of catching fire in late 2011, early 2012. I mean, for those of you who don't know, and I'm not sure how aware of you were of this, that outside the world of WWE, which is obviously the number one organization, and even the likes of TNA and Ring of Honor, which I would say are probably jockeying for the number two position, but they would be considerably, considerably smaller, nowhere mm. close to WWE. But there's this whole world of independent promotions that have shows, DVDs, events, huge followings. Yeah. I mean, how aware were you of this whole extra world outside of WWE? I knew of a few from when I first kind of started watching wrestling, but before we started the podcast, that kind of area there. Yeah. You showed me, like, Chikara. Chikara was one of the first things I showed you, because yeah. I thought that I wanted... I didn't want you to think that wrestling was just... <laughs> Glitz, glamour, yeah. it can also have, you know, smaller scale, but fun. And I love that you introduced me to Shakara because it made me incredibly cool amongst the very few people I knew who did watch wrestling. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I knew, I knew Shakara now. For those of you at home who are wondering, yes, she did know who Luke Harper was before she knew who Luke... She knew him as Brody Lee. She no. saw him wrestling the little lumberjack, okay? She's in, she's cool, she's in the secret <laughs> club and you can't judge her. But, yeah, so you were obviously aware of this whole world, almost. Yeah, a little bit. And I, I'd seen a couple of matches. Again, when I first started watching, and I wanted to try and impress you. I got my friends to link me to things. Ah. And uh, my good friend Lloyd Pies, he, he linked me to Ring of Honor. Ah, yes. And so I watched a couple of matches from that, which is kind of what Seth Rollins came from, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're not, not to maybe... I always feel that by giving this list or saying this list that I might make you think... You should give up on watching oh, yeah. all wrestling goodness. No. But Ring of Honor did give us Seth Rollins, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Chris Hero, Cesaro, Samoa Joe, yeah. okay, you yeah. know, Austin Aries. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. If you think of anyone who's almost like the style that you like, um, Ring mm. of Honor, and obviously not just Ring of Honor, but the likes of PWG, where you had, you know, uh, Kevin Owens. What's PWG? Pro Wrestling Gorilla. We watched. Um, a few of their oh, shows right. okay, for, yeah. for this. And that, you know, also a lot, they're giving us the likes of, you know, Kevin Owens, uh, who was Kevin Steen originally, yeah. uh, Sami Zayn, who used to be El Generico. Mm. I mean, again, there's all these names who either are thrilling you on the main roster or on NXT. Yeah. Are coming from this whole world. So I would definitely would say that it's worth, if you are a new fan, and maybe, you know, you're finding the main product a little bit eh to get into, do check out some of these indie shows. You God, will find yeah. something. It's much different. And it's just a case of maybe finding what you like. And we had a little bit of a whistle-stop tour with this. I have to say thank you to everyone who sent in. Mm. Amazing match requests. We managed to actually see a huge variety across the Young Bucks. Many, 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 many different appearances in different promotions and brands. But to give them a little bit of background, I mean, the Young Bucks... Nick and Matt Jackson, who I have great difficulty remembering which one is which. Someone actually sent us in a helpful tweet about that. According to Jamie Can't Fail, Matt is the one with the big sideburns. Nick is the one with the rad sneer. Okay, I mean, uh, that, again, that's not helpful, I mean. It is helpful. One of them has really big sideburns. <laughs> but no, the, big, the way I thought the big sideburns was Matt matted sideburns like they're, they're big and they're bushy. I don't know, but now part of me thinks they might be the other way around. <laughs> 
sideburns. I mean, they both have sideburns and they both have cool sneers. That's true. But one of them more than the other. But yeah, these guys, they've been wrestling since they were wee nippers. All the way back to, you know, they would have been guys who got in through doing things like, you know, wrestling in very, very small shows when they were like teenagers and stuff like that. And I do remember first seeing them or hearing about them appearing on certain indies and how like they were really had a lot of high-flying offense, very flashy maneuvers. They were like a, bro- a legit brother tag team. Yeah. And there was a lot of buzz about them. And they ended up showing up in TNA. And TNA, which had a massively amazing ability to take something that was red hot and turn it ice cold. <laughs> Chili McFreeze. Seriously, ice daggers secretly controlling TNA all along. <laughs> Guess what they called the Young Bucks in TNA? Oh, God, what did they call them? Generation Me. Oh, for God's sake. The fuck does that even mean? That's just named after a Time article. <laughs> Generation Me. No, it is. Matt and, Je- Matt and Nick raise a few eyebrows it's and a- the stakes at the same time. It's a Time article about millennials. Seriously. Shit. And obviously, the 40-something-year-olds who were running TNA saw them and thought, they probably know what Instagram is. <laughs> Let's call them Generation Me. And, you know, what? they went out there. And I went and seeing them, and they called them, like, they called them like Matt Book and Nick Book, Generation Me. I was like, just call them the fucking Young Books. But anyway, they they really they got signed because they had like a dark match, and they impressed them so much. They're like, we have to sign these guys. They're so amazing. Mm. And they would wrestle like lower cards, not featured, and they would never give them a proper storyline. They never had a proper push. They were just designated as, well, heck, those are those young guys who do them flipty doos. Let's pay them above minimum wage (laughs) and never sell a t-shirt or anything like that. And they ended up leaving TNA and they left TNA amidst a lot of like bad buzz for lack of a better term. You had the likes of, if you remember Rob Van Dam, who's that guy we watched wrestle John Cena. Oh yeah. Like Rob Van Dam was someone who came out and specifically said that he found them to be hard to work with, disrespectful. And like that they didn't they didn't show the proper respect that one needs in the wrestling world. Right, yeah, I've heard this. And that was like kind of like I remember thinking and going like, wow, I mean, they really must have pissed some people off big time to not only leave the company, but then also to have someone who's I mean, Rob Van Dam, marijuana enthusiast, is known for two things. One, flips, and two, being generally quite chill. Right. And when he's there saying that, yeah, you're, they're disrespectful and they, you know, weren't respectful to me and they have no place being here. Is he big hung up on the rules then? I, I'm not so much hung up on the rules, but... He doesn't seem the sort. <laughs> well, like, you can call them the rules and then some people will kind of say, it's not the rules, it's just kind of general respect towards kind of... I mean, Rob Van Dam, he's a legend. He's paved the way for people like you give him the time of day. Is it at all tied to paying your dues? A little bit, I guess. Because, I mean, the the obvious charge against the young bucks from older veterans is always going to be, oh, you young guys coming here with your flips and... Old man yells at cloud kind of thing. Kind of. I mean, there's a bit of that. I mean, you can see where they're coming from in some respects. But obviously, if you're the fucking young bucks and you're in your early 20s, you've got young families, you're tearing it up, and you're getting paid shit money and then fucking getting no push, well, then why would you be respectful to Mm. other people? Because you are probably put in a position where, you know, you're not getting respect. So why why is it coming back? I mean, that's just my view on it. And I mean, the other one that came out around this time is they left TNA and there was rumblings that they were going to sign with WWE and it was going to be the big thing that they were going to be like, 
big signing, WWE. It's going to be awesome around 2011. And the story that broke, and it was fucking everywhere. If you didn't know who the Young Bucks were before this, you would know after it. Because the Young Bucks did their tryout match. And then, they didn't shake Booker T's hand. <laughs> wrestling is so silly. What has happened now is most wrestling fans are turning this off. Because I brought up a very upsetting idea. And something that they've remembered, which they hate. Which is, the Young Bucks didn't shake Booker T's hand at one time. How dare you? Oh my god, I'm having a heart attack. How dare you not shake them? He paved the way. Booker T paved the way for people like you. And for people to say that all women hate each other, dog. How dare you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I I hear that the Young Bucks didn't shake uh, Booker T's hand. I just think, kind of good. He said some nasty things about women. I'd say just right now, I wouldn't shake his hand, you know, in the the presence of a lady. I feel it would be (laughs) wrong, you know? Apparently I just hate all women, so... uh... (laughs) Hey, man, you know what I say about women? They all hate other women. I hate women, dog. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was it, and... The Young Bucks had then gotten the reputation that hard to work with. Veterans think they're bad. They don't shake people's hands. They didn't get signed by WWE. Then there was rumblings as well later down the line that they'd even turned WWE down. Who turns down WWE? You can't yeah. turn them down. This is a thing I've come across a lot during was, the run-up to this episode. There was essentially a bidding war for them at one point. It's, yeah, it sounds that way. Because they work with, with Ring of Honor, who've never, as far as I know, until recently at least, they've never tied them down to an exclusive contract. Mm. Um, obviously, Japan, they do a lot of work over there, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, WWE were making... There was a lot of people who were trying to, to, to bid for them, essentially. Mm. And they did turn down WWE. I'm not really surprised, to be honest. Mm. Um, especially, was it the main show aspect of WWE. I think by the time that there was the 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 indication would have been that they would have went to NXT, which is the training ground. At what point though would that have been? Because NXT is quite young, isn't it? Again that the bidding war story came out maybe around a year or two ago, so we don't know so we don't jump ahead too far in the timeline. We'll maybe talk about that okay uh, shortly. But I mean what came out of that whole thing though of the, the not shaking the hand was then that the Young Bucks started incorporating this into their into their gimmick. Okay. And I remember distinctly watching a show where, like, you know, watching the match and whatever, and then the Young Bucks went out, they put out their hands to shake at the start. They just they, kick it. And, then, and they, just, like, they pull the hands away, like, no, <laughs> we don't shake. And that's where we start getting the kind of elements of this modern Young Bucks tag team. It's very meta, isn't it? It is. Ve- it's incredibly meta. <laughs> and one of my main concerns with going through some of this stuff is I wonder if it's too meta for a new fan such well, as yourself. I mean, it is quite self-referential, referential to, yeah. you know, tropes in wrestling. Well, I'd say know. I've got generally quite a good understanding of, of satire and, and, and meta comedy. But so I, hopefully I'll get it. I know for a fact, though, that there's a number of things that they do, which I will say, it'll probably make more sense when we do this episode down the okay. line. Okay, well, that's probably exciting. Gonna happen. But it's I'll exciting, enjoy I enjoy them more down the line. But, you know, is it is it exclusive or does it leave out new fans? I mean, we'll, we'll obviously find out as we go, we go through this episode. <laughs> but, yeah, um, incorporating this kind of mega heelery into their into their work. And, you know, in recent years, the Young Bucks have been known as being these absolute, just complete monster evil heels. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I say monster heels, not in terms of them They're being... They're not, yeah, yeah big, monster monster. Yeah, monster in terms of there's a video of them super kicking an eight-year-old child. Yeah. And I believe they both said to him, we're both sleeping with your mother after yes, they did. Yes, they did. That's a nice way of phrasing <laughs> how a, they said it. That's the uh, politically correct... <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the Attitude Era podcast. We maybe would have uh, put a little salt and pepper on that, that explanation there. <laughs> but yes, definitely 
most evil gentlemen are the young bucks in terms of their their (laughs) characters and they're not just trying to piss off the audience they are trying to piss off actual actual wrestling wrestling fans and some would even argue wrestlers themselves sounds like they've done a good job of that yeah it's very interesting so we looked at a whole little bunch of different things i mean we looked at stuff from Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, from New Japan Pro Wrestling, a little bit of Chikara, some Ring of Honor stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say right now that there is a heavy backlog of Young Bucks matches, which I think Joe and I, if we're looking, instead of watching an episode of a TV show, it's kind of like, maybe it's a bit too, maybe it's a bit too of a high amp evening to watch Grey's Anatomy. Let's yeah. watch a 30 minute Young Bucks match instead. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, there's a big pile of them still to watch. Okay, good. So, yeah, don't worry about that. The first one that we watched was one that was sent in quite a lot, and people actually were saying it was one of the matches of the year from 2014, which was the Young Bucks teaming up with Adam Cole, taking on Chuck Taylor, the Kentucky Gentleman, one of my all-time favourites, Kenny Omega, who you may may or may not recognise already, Joe. Tell the good people how you know Kenneth Omega. Kenny Omega, we watched a match of his when we were on holiday, basically, up that mountain where we couldn't watch the live stream, people might remember. <laughs> um, and Kenny Omega, we showed a clip of, of his match to my mum and my uncle, and to me, of him fighting a child. Yeah, it? it's a child in Japan. So Kenny. I see it seems to run in that group. That kind child of... Child abuse. A little bit. I mean, all I will say is, Kenny Omega at least gave the kid a fighting chance. The Young Bucks laid that That's other... True. They fucking buried that kid, like, all yeah. right? That fucking American eight-year-old kid, he couldn't fucking work. He barely even sold that super kick, all right? <laughs> the fucking... The kid that Kenny Omega wrestled in Japan, yeah. that they know the business. They it's know true. how to work, you know? <laughs> and also, Zack Sabre Jr. And this took place at the Pro Wrestling Gorilla PWG Battle of Los Angeles. It was night one, uh, just around August of 2014. Turning on this match straight away, my immediate worry or thought was, what will Joe make of not the 73,000 in the arena, brother, but rather the maybe 100 or so fans in the small community centre with the lower production values, single camera? What, what did you make of it? As a graduate of media production mm-hmm. the low production value bothers me it does bother me it makes me angry that i know they could up their production value very easily yeah video content is not hard to produce now guys it's 2015 so you think that it did it needs it, to be better happens with adam also media graduate yeah i remember mm-hmm. we would watch uh, chikara i got him this like box set of chikara shows and he was like super amped loving it and there was one show which we were watching and he couldn't enjoy because when it cut to the other camera, the white balance was slightly different. And it ruined it for the man. I've just realised you literally only make podcasts with media production graduates from the University of Lincoln. Exclusively. Literally, me, Adam, Billy and Sam are all from the same course at Lincoln if you're University. All, if you're all jonesing to be on a <laughs> podcast with Kevin Mann, just enrol yourself in the University of Lincoln. It's like, got our own little fan club. Seriously. <laughs> But, so, did it impact on your enjoyment of it? Because I know some people are kind of like, well, if there's not thousands of people going, yay, I don't feel compelled to go, The yay. audience size didn't bother me at all because it's such an enthused audience. They're yeah. so passionate and they're so, like, energetic. It's kind of like the NXT audience. Yeah. Ooh, I might get some heat for saying that, but... Ooh. I mean, it is comparable in that smaller crowd, more vocal. It's a smaller room as well, so the smaller crowd doesn't really make a big difference. I mean, there is atmosphere. Yeah. When we were watching it would be match. a different case if it was like a massive fucking auditorium and there were a hundred people. Yeah. What did you make to the Young Bucks ring attire? They had this amazing <laughs> sweet money pants in this one. 
I thought they looked like dinks, basically. They're wearing what flares with like scrappy bits. Tassels, on baby. Them. Tasseled Ta- flares. Scrappy bits. They Sorry. Tassels. Scrappy bits. And like leather waistcoats. <laughs> Matching as well. <laughs> and you know? the, one of them obviously has big sideburns. They both have ponytails. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm. It's like usually awful. <laughs> usually coming out to Mbop by uh, really as well, you know. <laughs> trolls through and through. That's a great, great thing. To have. I mean, I'll be honest. If I was to sit down on a wrestling game, and make it right, I'm going to make two just Weasley motherfucking cowardly heel shitheads trolls. I would give them money pants <laughs> like the young bucks had here. A nice mix in this match between two things that the Young Bucks do very well, I think. Number one is some kind of comedy stuff, which is, you know... Yeah. You see like Chuck Taylor in this does like you know, really slow sentons and kind of goofy stuff that all, some would say exposes the business because it's kind of, it's so goofy. It's it's almost kind of winking to the audience going, we know it's, you know... It's I'd say it's less of a wink and more of a push. Yeah. Like a literal shove off the stage, fuck off, we know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, you hate it and we don't care. <laughs> and the other thing you have in this, in spades, is action that can only be described as blink and you will miss it. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, non-stop. It's not like the Hulk Hogan-Andre the Giant matches where I could like be on Facebook at the same time. I mean, I'll be honest, I would imagine Hulk Hogan would have a heart attack just watching this. Yeah. You know, even to think about doing any of this stuff. I was absolutely shocked because my favourite wrestling style is this flip-de-doo kind of Adrian Neville, Seth Rollins style. So I was kind of expecting a bit of that anyway, and they just take it even further. Mm. There's so much more flip-de-doo. Oh, yeah, I mean... How are they even real? They they do things which... Which I could, like... Like, Chuck Taylor, sorry, Kenny Omega, the, at one point, he, like, dives to the outside and they both give him a super kick at the same time. <laughs> and you get a lot of super kicks in this podcast, folks. I mean, take a drink every time we say the word super kick. I mean, non-stop here. But, I mean, someone described the style as overkill. You know, I mean, that there's moves that are done in the first five minutes of this match, which, in the context of WWE, would be a finish for a match. I think it's... I don't know, maybe this is a controversial opinion, but I think it's important to remember the context here. And it seems like their wrestling style is quite representative of like the wrestling style as a whole, maybe, for like Ring of Honor, that kind of show. It seems to be a lot of high, high flip-de-doo stuff. That's what the high people kind of come jump. to see. That's yeah. what makes it different from WWE. And I'm, I'm obviously by no means an expert. I've only seen like... A very few number yeah, of shows. Yeah, but you know what you like, though, right? But no, I mean, like, I've only seen a few number of shows of like Ring of Honor and stuff. But like, it would seem strange to me if you went to one of their matches and they didn't do that high flying stuff. No, definitely. Soon. I mean, I've been to see Ring of Honor, and there is an element of where all right now let's let's see some flips yeah. i don't know if that's just me as an audience member expecting too much or then giving too much i don't think it's it's but just different isn't it it's a different it's a different platform in a way it's a different audience it is different yeah i guess i suppose the the, the issue that some of the, you always find it with the with the old timers for lack of a better term is the fact that you know stuff that they do here in the opening five minutes as i said will be grounds for ending a match in you know wb currently and if you look back to the 80s, if they did some of the stuff here, that would be grounds for someone, you know, being written off TV for a year. Yeah. And these guys are kicking out. You yeah. know what I mean? I guess that's kind of where people draw the line. They kind of say that it's, it almost, not waters down, but lessens. I don't think so. I love, I love the main show on WWE. I have my issues with it, but they aren't to do with the wrestling style for the most part. Yeah. I like the fact that it's different. I like the fact that WWE is a bit slower and it's a bit more paced. Yeah. 
But I like the fact that these matches that we watched with the Young Bucks wasn't well. That's like, the selling point of way. PWG. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to honestly sit me down, I'm again, I'm someone who maybe would would catch a main show or some recommended match from PWG. I do not follow it month to month. But one of the reasons I do follow it is because I will see wrestling that I will not see hmm. on WWE. And even NXT, the reason why that's so successful, many would argue, is because they're doing something that you won't necessarily yeah, see exactly. on WWE. Variety is the spice of life. Definitely, very much so. Um, were you impressed by their double and triple team manoeuvres? Oh, yeah. I actually wrote originally, this is before I realised that they are brothers. I wrote it in my notes, are they brothers? Because they work so cooperatively. I know we mentioned that in the How To Shield episode that they always kind of have each other's backs. They make the shield look like they've literally just met on the street. (laughs) (laughs) There is a a real sense of continuity. It's like they are just psychic. I mean, they, they must be so rehearsed. Mm. It makes it perfect sense that they're brothers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really impressive the fact that they can pull off the, the, the moves that they do yeah. so seamlessly, so quickly. And and again, it just seems like kind of it's second nature. They, they're they not like people who are communicating or stumbling. No, This yeah, is all smooth and sleek. I don't think we saw a single botch this entire time. I'm rubbish for spotting them anyway, but yeah, I, mean, I don't think so. I'm usually fairly eagle-eyed, but I, I mean, I don't know the young... I mean, there's a lot of guys who are very flippy who are kind of like synonymous with fucking up a lot. Oh, right. Kind okay. of like Sabu is a kind of a, a notorious wrestler who's like does his flips, but... Maybe there's a one in two chance that he'll fuck it up. Okay. Young books don't think they've got that just that that reputation at all. You know, they were yelling lots of things which I thought might go over your head, like the fact that they continually yelled "suck it" over and over again. That's something that made more sense to me as I became more involved in the discussion of how right. to young bucks. Yeah, yeah. So at first I was really confused by that, and I thought maybe it was just a one-off thing that they did. Now I realise it's a it is a branding thing basically it's their, their gimmick it is their gimmick but it was also the gimmick of D-Generation X which oh, was okay. Shawn Michaels and Triple H's kind of wrestling so they group. did it first did they oh yeah their whole thing DX was if you're not down with that we got two words for you suck it and, and did they do the same thing with the arms yeah they point towards their cross they would cross their arms over in the sign of an X but it was the same kind of gesture and another thing that they would they do the too sweet where they you know put up their hands in the sign of the, the wolf and they yeah. touch off each other. That would have been something that was very synonymous uh, with the NWO in WCW. Right. So again, it's kind of like appropriating stuff from like hated wrestling groups throughout the years, guys who've been kind of like, you know, insidery and have too much sway and too much power, like DX, because Michaels and Triple H had Vince's ear and you know the NWO, who obviously had yeah. management's ear. So there's a, some people say it's gimmick infringement, which means they're nicking stuff from someone else. But but that's kind of really funny because they're so... I mean, I hate to use the word anti-establishment with regards to the wrestling establishment, but that's kind of what they are. Like, they're so against everything that yeah. WWE is, and yet they're using... <laughs> nicking all this stuff. I mean, I, I think as well, what's a way to really make, uh, you know, hardcore indie fan, fuck WWE, man, fuck them. And those are the guys who they're going to be able to turn into actual, like, I hate the Young Bucks, proper heel heat. Well, they hate WWE, don't they? Yeah. So why don't we just take, or they hate WCW, why don't we just take stuff from, like, mainstream kind of, (laughs) they're always posing, like, fucking hooking and all that. It really, like, makes people 
hate them. So is it like the wrestling equivalent of if you had a villain in a movie who's like British? <laughs> More or less. It's just a like, trope. Yeah. Exactly, because <laughs> Americans instinctually hate British because of what you did to them in World War Two. Yeah. You bastards. Sorry about that. How could you? Um, so yeah, I, I guess that you could you could liken it to that. I mean, if the if the books had mustaches they would be twirling them yeah that's all i would say and also like as well the big trolley stuff that they do like they'll do like handspring backflip moves and then they'll just end up doing like a simple rake of the back yeah which is a move you would have more likely seen in how to hogan than in the young books like the back rake you rub your hands on their back oh brother my back you know <laughs> so lame it is so After trolling the triple backflip they do this one move, which is like, I think it's from Dragon Ball Z, the fusion hat. Oh yeah, they, they fuse. <laughs> love that. I love that so much. I'm just waiting. I mean, if someone's not done it for the Young Bucks, someone needs to do a Steven Universe Young Bucks combined oh, together. Oh yeah. You know, unless we find out that the Young Bucks are actually made up of four separate younger books. Right. I mean, who knows? I think Crystal Gemcast have got a thing going here. Seriously, guys, <laughs> you need to get on that stuff. Um, they do an amazing manoeuvre, which they refer to as the Rushmore bomb, right off the top when he fucking tossed them as far... Oh, God, it was absolutely devastating. There was lots of us screaming. This was the first match we watched with the Bucks. It was the first Bucks match I'd seen in probably maybe around a year or so. Mm. And... Oh, was said a lot, and oh my goodness, and oh sweet Jesus, yeah, were things which were said ad nauseum in this one. Well, the very first thing they do in the whole match is kick a guy when he's down. Like they come out into the ring and kick a guy on the floor. A real, it's so silly. A real highlight maneuver in this one was when they were going for a brainbuster, which is like a suplex. You lift them up and then you drop them on their heads. But as he was being held up for this suplex, this this brain buster, the Young Bucks did super kicks to the person. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like... All right, I'll tell you right now, Young Bucks, congratulations, because you have got a better imagination than a 10-year-old child with wrestling figures. Because yeah. I did some... If I was a booker when I was 10 years old, I would have put some fuckers in the hospital. Okay? Shane McMahon, uh, that figure, I fucked him off the roof of my house. Oh, you my know? poor Shane. Because he took the risks. He had to take the big bumps, right. go through the tables. And I would do everything, like suplex, powerbomb onto a fucking ramp, and all this horrible shit. And the Young Bucks managed to innovate stuff that even I couldn't have thought, thought of at my most violent and young <laughs> and enthusiastic and imaginative. There was what can only be referred to as a super kick party in, in this match. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a term definitely. which has been coined by, by the Young Bucks. I counted seven. Super kicks. Seven super kicks. I wasn't counting. It was a lot of them. What Do you like a good super kick? Big I noise. thought they were really, yeah, impressive. And I thought I would get sick of them throughout the matches that we watched. There's still time. I'm going to watch more Young Bucks. But um, on the whole, I found them quite funny. Funny because, again, again, another reason people would have umbrage with them is that the super kick is like, that's Shawn Michaels, for instance. Was uh, that him? That's his finishing move. Oh, I see. Okay. And like someone kicking out of a super kick, that would be like, excuse me, brother. <laughs> Your name better be The Undertaker, otherwise we're going <laughs> to fight right now. No right. one kicks out of, of the super kick. And again, they throw them around non-stop and people have an issue with that. Too I many, too many really super funny. kicks. it's really funny. It's different rules. It's a different show. It's a different show. And honestly, I mean, Dolph Ziggler and some of the guys like Adrian Neville, they all throw super kicks. So does Seth Rollins. Yeah. And if, you might, if you're going to throw one and it not be a finisher, you might as well throw seven and make people go, yay. I agree that them being on like the whole WWE wouldn't make sense if they were doing all this. Yeah. 
but they're not. They're on a different show. It's different. It is a different show. I mean, you can tell from the pace of this where you just have literally you know, guys coming in, move, 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 yeah. you know, nonstop. Some say it, it lacks in psychology because you're just having big moves and then the guy's getting up to take more big moves. I say that's, I mean? that's true. I mean, and I do but... get a sense that when I'm watching matches like this in isolation, I'm judging them a lot more fairly than if yeah. I was maybe sitting down and watching a three-hour show where this was happening match on match. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for instance, like the, the finish of this match comes with, uh, we get the what's referred to as the Meltzer driver, which is an assisted super-duper tombstone pile driver where one person picks him up for Undertaker's finishing move and the other book dives off and slams them in, like, you know, giving him an extra boost onto it. They call that the Meltzer driver and Dave Meltzer, we mentioned maybe once before. Yeah, the journalist. Kind of the main journalist, the guy who writes the matches, right. the ultimate insider. And again, calling it the Meltzer driver is pretty much a massive yeah, reference reference to, and yeah. meta and in-jokes and all that. The style of wrestling for this match seemed way more... I know people are going to probably hate me for this, but it seemed more realistic. Like, oh, I would say... Le- I mean... I mean, okay, hmm. it's over-exaggerated. Yeah. But... When they, for example, when they kicked people, mm. it seemed to genuinely make contact. And I'm not saying it did, so but it when you looked say more like it did than on the main show. Realistic, you're kind of not saying this is how people would react more. No, that you're side saying, isn't realistic. Sorry, no. realistic in terms of the moves looked... The moves look real. Yeah. No, I, don't, I mean, it's a, it's a snug style, let's just say. Yeah. I mean, they'd be sore after this. Yeah. You know? Um, they would be quite, I mean, they're taking hard bumps, big flips, you know, out onto the outside, just onto the concrete, onto the floor like that. I mean, this is pretty hard just hitting stuff. I yeah. Mean, but yeah, that's the style that's, that's popular at the moment. You there know? was a chant from the crowd saying, let's go young bucks. And then the other side was saying, fuck the young bucks. I, I love that. That's a bit representative, I think, of, uh of certainly our Twitter feed. Well, it is. It's really representative. But if you can take a hundred super mega fans and make them unironically chant, fuck the Young Bucks. Okay, that is amazing because a huge problem, I think, with a lot of these indie shows is that you got a guy and he's meant to be the bad guy, but everyone in the crowd is as smart a fan as you can be. They've seen it all and they're just going to cheer the heel for being awesome. And the Young Bucks genuinely make these super fans hate them. Yeah. And that's great. It does translate into a lot of hate, hateful Twitter that they get, I'm sure. Oh, God, but I bet. But I like the fact that that's like a John Cena level of polarization yeah. in that smaller group, I think, is incredible. And all they had to do was break wrestling. That's it. All <laughs> they had to do is ignore a few of wrestling's rules and you can get real heel heat. I mean, some people might argue this is the wrestling equivalent of mining for oil in the Arctic in that, yeah. yes, you can do it and yes, you will get oil, but that's really all you can do now. That's really it, guys. <laughs> I mean, there is an element of that to it, I guess. Yeah. I suppose. I'm not denying, though, that it's entertaining as fuck. And I love seeing the fact that the Young Bucks actually had genuine heel heat. Oh, yeah. Even though all their moves were fucking spectacular. like, And it pissed off people in that audience how spectacular those moves were and I love that <laughs> so much the finish this match came when a wrestler called Trent appears who had issues with the Young Bucks gets involved in an emotional distraction the nature of which I'm not entirely informed on but it ended up with Chuck Taylor hitting his awesome finishing move which has got an awesome name the Awful Waffle Awful Waffle Awful Waffle 
Fucking love it. Love you, Chuck the Taylor. The awful waffle. The awful waffle. So the Young Bucks end up losing this one. But again, I think what's something that's great about the Young Bucks is that because they're such a despised team, but also such a popular team, it really does mean something when they lose. Right. It feels like they've been vanquished. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like some people, like there's people who are watching this who are like, fuck yes. <laughs> yes. The young- they're not going, well, that was a great match. Yeah, they're, they're kind of going, fuck yes. Fucking Young Bucks, you fucking lose. And I love that, the fact that they've managed to, to tap into this. As a first experience of the Young Bucks, what did you think of this match? I thought it was amazing. I mean, they did so many incredible moves and they're so obnoxious and they were just really fun. I was so prepared going into this match because we'd already had a few tweets from people saying, yeah. oh, well, they're breaking wrestling. And so... I thought the high number of super kicks would put me off. And I thought I'd get bored of the fact that there's little or less ring psychology. Yeah. But it didn't bother me at all. It was really fun. I don't know if it's because the matches are quite short. Again, I I still wonder if it's watching it in isolation. Could well be that as well. I mean, after that, if you had to sit down and watch another 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 23-minute match. That's true, I think I'd be kind of exhausted. And not only would I be exhausted, but I do would kind of get the feeling that you know, a charge that's labelled against them would be, you know, in the following match now, if I do like a tombstone pile drive or whatever and the guy, you know, doesn't kick out, he's going to look like a fucking jabroni because in the previous match there was someone doing a springboard super tombstone and they kicked out, you know? Right. Maybe it kind of takes away from some of the... It's, it's difficult to follow, I guess. Yeah. But again, that's what makes them an attraction. I don't know. I mean, I can say normal, normal wrestling is just as difficult to follow. Hmm. So it makes no difference really to me. You still do get tired by the end of a show regardless. Yeah. You know, it does happen. Yeah. You do get that three hour drag. Uh, the next match we watched was another one from PWG in 2014. Uh, basically everything the Young Bucks touched in 2014 seemed to turn to gold. <laughs> but this was the Young Bucks taking on the world's cutest tag team of Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan in a guerrilla warfare match, meaning that there was no disqualifications, etc. Candice LeRae is a fucking incredible wrestler. Joey Ryan is both an incredible wrestler and I would go as far as to say a style icon. <laughs> They're a, both style icons. Style I icons. Yeah. I love their matching. Was it these these two with the matching uniforms? Yeah, they had kind of matching colours yeah. and whatnot. The, fucking love this. The very first chant, like, as the match starts, is already, let's go Young Bucks and fuck the Young Bucks. <laughs> Already. <laughs> this is before I'd even noted the fact that Kevin Owens is on commentary. Yeah, we uh, that was pretty, awesome. That's pretty awesome. Really cool. Seriously, PWG is like a secret club where all your favourite wrestlers <laughs> hang out. Like you know, it's basically a dream come true. It's like, hey, you know, all those wrestlers that you love and you wish they'd fight more often. Well, you can go back in time and you can watch all of their amazing matches. <laughs> For as many hours as you love. Well, I'm just squinting away. What's that? Oh, it's Cesaro having a coffee with Adrian Neville. It's like They're... your dream partner. <laughs> it's like you've, you've died and went to heaven and everyone's in this lovely waiting room and wrestling <laughs> happens to be going on, you yeah. know. I love in this match, and one of the reasons why people really wanted you to see this was we chatted briefly before about intergender wrestling and your thoughts on it. And I think if one is to insist on doing intergender wrestling or to do intergender wrestling, I like it to be in this style almost in that Candice LeRae is not made out like oh she's not got testicles this could be an uphill challenge (laughs) she's a participant she's like presented as being another wrestler who's just as skilled Mm -hmm. just as trained 
has their own advantages and disadvantages like yeah. everyone else in the match. And the story of the match isn't, what are these young bucks going to do to this poor, helpless woman? It, the story of this match is Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae fighting these two guys. It seemed very natural, the intergender aspect of it. Because they make a deal about it. Yeah. Just, they just presented <laughs> they just it. did it. As it is. happened. There it is. There's the ring. Go wrestle. And I think that's a really good way of making women look strong is not kind of making them out to be delicate flowers that can't fight men. And obviously that's just a personal opinion. Yeah. But I thought this match was awesome and I, I love Candice LeRae. Uh, I thought I thought she was really cool. I mean, I've not match. seen much of her, her no, wrestling. No, this is the man, only match I've seen. fucking incredible. This is it and I decided I, I love her. Yeah. I mean, we started <laughs> off this match with flips. Flips out the wazoo. Really Candice good flips. LeRae actually did a dive to the outside and then caught the person and hit them with a spinning tornado DDT. Just incredible. What? That's incredible. It's so fucking good. The Young Bucks in this match dazzled us with tight team manoeuvres and flips out the wazoo. They do Seth Rollins' corner powerbomb, but they do like simultaneous kicks yeah. into it at the same time. They take all your favourite moves and turn them up to Make them 11. better. Make them better. They make make them all overkill. your favourite wrestlers look shit. <laughs> they've they've levelled up all of the wrestlers' yeah. moves on the RPG pathway, right? They've got all the stones. <laughs> stats to 10. They've maxed up the stats, you know? <laughs> they set gore to max as well, you know? At one point in the match, they start, they get this bag... Oh, they're like, oh, what's in the bag? Yeah. What did you think? I was so nervous because, I mean, like I've said before, I got to know wrestling through Mick Foley. And what does the bag mean with Mick Foley? The bag represents thumbtacks. It's always thumbtacks. So when they took it out and they started pouring this stuff on the floor, I was like, oh, shit, man. I was really enjoying this. and I really wasn't prepared to have to, like, steal myself to prepare myself for, like, loads of blood and things. And uh, not thumbtacks. No. Gummy bears. Now, I'll tell you right now, I, I'd honestly, I'd prefer the tacks because I fucking hate gummy bears. Oh, All gummy no. sweets, they're gross. It was so cute. It was, it was very cute. I mean, there's one time they did take out Lego as well. That was oh, the other geez, one. And that was like, worse. that's way worse. Bring back the thumbtacks. <laughs> yeah, who drove the fucking short straw that night? You're doing Lego, <laughs> you're doing gummy bears. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I envy the guy with the barbed wire and the fire. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Next you're going to have him fucking taking body slams onto Toblerone. That shit or hurts. upturned plugs. Ah! <laughs> the gummy bears were so cute. And they start eating them. Yeah, they like, they like <laughs> slam onto them. They eat like, ah, yeah, like, you sick fuck. But yeah, they, <laughs> they literally, the audience chants, you sick fuck. And I like when it's that meta and the audience is in on the joke because that yeah. does make it funnier. <laughs> it was really funny and so unexpected. I really thought it was going to be thumbtacks and it just swerved me. It just completely right. <laughs> like plays on the whole trope of if it's in a bag, it's got to be dangerous, brother. Yeah. You know, and it just it just flips it on its head and it did it because the audience in there would, would eat it up. I mean, if they, somebody did that in WWE, you'd probably get mild laughter and then the announcers go, what are they doing? It was the kind of thing I would have expected from Chikara. Yeah. Because they're the nice crowd, which, Family crowd, you know, they yeah. sense of the chants and things. Yeah. They make it nice and wholesome. And I thought it was really cute. Um, <laughs> wasn't cute when they spat them in Candice's yeah, face. Yeah, wasn't like, cute when they did that. Gross. Like. Yeah, that was really... Why, why do they have gummy bears anyway? Why do they have gummy bears? Again, I could be pointed out there's probably some massive reason for it, but all I remember was that there was just this kind of trope of them taking out like the bag and there being something ridiculous in it. It's a Joey Ryan thing as far as I know, not just a Young Bucks thing. Right. I'm pretty sure it's his his innovation. But it's just, a you know, takes out the bag... 
there's something silly inside. It's not thumbtacks. <laughs> I think as well might be a dig at the likes of uh, Teenage a Company, which like on a weekly basis at one point was taken out thumbtacks. Right. And they would do the whole thing. It was like, the bag. What's in the bag? He's lifted up the bag. He's turned it around. He's pointed at spotlight on the bag, please. What could be inside? Thumbtacks. Thumbtacks? Thumbtacks? Who would have thought? You know, and it just kind of, wrestling had killed the mystique of the bag. And I think this was kind of taking it back in a way. I don't know. Because it's like, there is intrigue with the bag. What will be in the bag? Will it be glitter? You know what I mean? Marshmallows, might it be lucky charms? Like, yeah. You know, it could be. Might it be <laughs> shredded wheat? <laughs> might it be a rainbow? Who knows? You know, Kevin Owens said, Jesus, just like me, yeah, and and Adam and you, and all the other people in our little gang who say Jesus, but yeah, a, tr- a chair got thrown, and then Kevin Owens just went, Jesus, Jesus, why don't you fucking tweet him and give him a hard time, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> God, Kevin Owens, can't you say something else? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Oh my stars. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my damn. It must be well annoying having gummy bears all over the floor. Yeah, seriously. Sticky. Really sticky. Gross. Especially when you're wrestling and trying to jump around and be all over the floor and stuff. You know what? Let's let's have wrestling sort out the, you know, hepatitis bloodstained mats. First, and then we'll move on to gross gummy bears, okay? <laughs> one one battle at a time, okay? Um, I will say this match, having watched it, that I now officially love super kicks more than anything else. Yeah. There were some in this match that gave me pleasure akin to a nice glass of wine, you know? <laughs> the trolls of the Young Bucks set up chairs and then don't use them. Yeah. <laughs> it's been I, ages doing I hate love that. On the one hand, it was infuriating. On the other hand, it was kind of like just so funny. Yeah. We ended up at one point as well having this uh, kind of Tower of Doom sequence where it looked like the Young Bucks were going to send Joey off the top rope and kill them. And then Candace hits her manoeuvre on both of them. The ballplex. A double ballplex off the top with both men. It was an amazing spectacle I to see. I wish she flipped all three of them. Yeah, that was the her. one I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, they right, all yeah. went with this uh, with this wood move. It was fucking incredible. I've just written, she's so cool. I love her. You should find her, follow her on Twitter and yeah. tweet her and tell her how well, awesome she is. I will. see yeah. that. Um, we get... <laughs> Tandem tombstone pile drivers. I mean, not even The Undertaker and Kane would do that. <laughs> um, they're force-feeding Joey Ryan all the gross gummy bears from the floor. It's really disgusting. It's inappropriate. It's gross. The audience is chanting, you sick fuck again, <laughs> which is more appropriate this time. I think so, definitely. And then they take out a shoe covered in thumbtacks. Yeah, and that kind of was a, well, quite a scary moment there. Well, at that point, I was kind of like, ha ha, this is all nice. It's nice gummy bears. Out comes a shoe with thumbtacks. I was like, oh, it must be nice, really. Uh, no, they kick it, put on the shoe, and then they kick Candice in the face. With what I could only call as a death shoe. And this is right as well, where they actually, they took out actual thumbtacks, they put some in Joey's mouth, and then they super kicked him in the mouth, and you could just see him go blah and spit out all these tacks. And it was a, and you had that, and then you had the the death shoe, and it, like the match kind of did a one eighty in terms of like whoa, yeah. Um, we know obviously Joe is a new fan. One of the things which has put you off on, on some wrestling matches has been inappropriate more, use of blood, or would you say inappropriate gratuitous? Is that maybe I a guess thing? yeah, in a, or excessive? Yeah, I don't yeah know. gratuitous. Although that's of course personal opinion entirely. Every person's limit is different. 
I found it really upsetting that they suddenly kicked Candice in the head with a shoe of thumbtacks and was... she was covered in blood, like so much blood. Yeah, they kicked her in the face and she kind of went down and they held this thing where they came back in and her hair was over her face and it was mm. quite good because her hair was over her face for so long you couldn't tell that she was just kind of building up this blood and when mm. the hair went out of her face she had this complete crimson mask it can only be described as and it's not a sight which you see in wrestling I, in the Attitude podcast recently we had um, an episode where Lita accidentally she got cut open in a match right. with Ivory and it's just like I think it's just because you're not used to seeing it you know you can show me Mick Foley bleeding and it'll make me squeamish but show me a female wrestler that's busted wide open I just immediately get quite uneasy and I did find this to be like it didn't. It shook me a bit. You for know? me, it just shook me because it was so. They'd already switched it around the other way for me, think, yeah. making me think they were going to be like that, and then not being with adding gummy bears instead. And then they, and then they did it back around the other way again. So I was kind of all confused then. Like, you were ah, swerved. Double swerve. Joe's just laying there confused, like, but she eh, can't change the channel. There's blood now. When moments ago there were gummy bears. We did have a really incredible rally in the end from Candice who actually kills both Matt and Nick with tacks she and a ballplex. She grabs a handful of them and pours them down uh, one of their trousers. I think it was uh, it was Matt's trousers, okay. yeah. And then she did like the suplex thing, only holding him by the crotch. Ow. And then there's lots of blood. Yeah, he got suplexed onto the tacks, and his balls also had tacks. Candace and Joey win what ended up being a fucking warfare, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, to put it lightly. Again, this match, though... Um, I like when you can kind of have like this kind of next level drama, this kind of like holy fucking shit, which I think is only possible on a small scale, like in a smaller crowd like that. Yeah. I mean, there was a real sense there that every single person in this crowd was like hanging on every second of the last minute or two of this match because of what they did to Candace and then Candace's eventual rally and win. Yeah. It was fucking. I mean, I think if people just say that the Young Bucks is just one speed and they tell the one story, which is loads of moves, and then the match is over, there was drama here. Yeah. And there was that kind of fucking hell, someone has to stop these guys, someone has to rally. There was that kind of... Yeah, they took it too far. Yeah. And then, and then by, it's like, you want to see revenge. They made you suspend <laughs> the disbelief. And I was there at the end. I went, I want these fucking young books. I yeah, want I want Candace, them to go down. I want Candace <laughs> to grab them by the balls and throw them onto thumbtacks. And that's exactly what she did. And I felt very vindicated from that. Yeah. So um, I think almost you have to realize with the young books that they can use the shit that pisses off so many fans. They can almost use that to make it be a match that's different to what you think it is. Yeah. Because you know? it's not just... Spot, 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 spot. It is kind of lots of spots and that may be pissing you off and that's used against you then to build up the finale of the match. I think it would be very easy to watch, say, that match and just go, oh, that was a bit random. There were gummy bears. Oh, then there was lots of blood and thumbtacks and things. But actually it is, I don't know, on reflection it seems quite thought out. There was a nice self-contained story in this match. Yeah, it's like the whole whole swerve with the, the 
gummy bears that you think are thumbtacks and then they bring out the thumbtacks and it's all gory and it's all just uh, and upsetting and I think that's kind of intentional. Yeah, it definitely was. So, you were lulled into a false sense yeah. of security. So yes, the, the mass amounts of blood upset me, but it was supposed to. Yeah, so again, an interesting one. Maybe a different type of match to what you might have expected definitely. from the own books of the way it ended there. Um, our next match took us to Ring of Honor, that oft-talked-about number two slash three organisation, where we had another match that was pegged as being one of the matches of the year. From Final Battle, it was the Young Bucks and ACH taking on The Addiction, two of my all-time favourites, which is Frankie Kazarian and the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels, and their partner being Cedric Alexander. Um, what was one cool thing about this match was being able to see the Young Bucks showing their affiliation to the evil heel supergroup formed in Japan known as the Bullet Club. Yeah, the Bullet Club. That's a thing. Do you know about anything about the Bullet Club? I mean, other than the, um, the cool t-shirt that everyone has in it or has a parody of. Yeah, so there's the cool t-shirt. Is the Bullet Club also the one where they do the Yeah, they do the, the two sweet sign, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. I like to pretend that I'm a member of the Bullet Club because that's a thing I used to do all the time with my hands and that's true. photographs. Well, ironically. She wasn't um, even in the click. Yeah. Can you believe it? <laughs> Bullet Club actually set up by... Originally, as a as a group for Fergal Devitt, who you may know better as NXT's Finn, Finn Balor. Finn Balor, yes. yes. The uh, amazing, painted-up, high-flying wrestler from Bray County, Wicklow, Ireland. Sure, I know him well. Um, it's Yeah, it was originally like his kind of super group, and it was just like, you know, evil gaijin wrestlers, not from Japan. And the whole gimmick was that they cheated. Right. And that's in Japan. We watched some New Japan stuff later on. And in Japan, obviously... You don't cheat. Okay. No, as in, you don't cheat, dude. That's not... You can't cheat. How You can't cheat. Those are the rules, you know? And, like, you'd have things like the Young Bucks costing, you know, Fergal Devitt's opponent uh, the match by interfering. And people would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, knocking over furniture. What the fuck? <laughs> or, like, you know, distracting the referee. <gasps> or getting themselves disqualified like <gasps> stuff which you see all the time but in japan it was like fucking incredible Aww. i think you know um, i'd love to do an extent you know a full episode on on the bullet club definitely but the young bucks here wearing the bullet club t-shirts proudly also the style of the night brought to you by matt and nick's zebra headbands yes oh nice my goodness the room they're in looks pretty cool. Yeah, they're in this kind of, um, I think it's out by like an airport as far as I know, but really cool lit, little set. Yeah, an airport. As far as I know, but uh, really, really cool setup. And what do you think to just Ring of Honor's general look, atmosphere? I really liked it, yeah. Yeah, they, they have got TV Ring of Honor. Right. You know, they have got the backing of an actual That makes TV sense. Station. It seemed a bit more high production. A little bit more pro. I mean, they do have weekly TV and they do have pay-per-views that are often fraught with technical difficulties. Yeah. They have nonetheless, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really cool atmosphere in this room. I would say almost too cool in the fact that we get this is awesome chant before the match even started. Nice. I have issue with that. Really? I mean, it's obviously going to be awesome, but wait till they do something awesome. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you say, chanting this is awesome at the start of the match, then something awesome happens. Why are you going to chant this is also awesome? <laughs> True. You know, I mean, it, it, incredible action though in this one. They uh, came out with streamers. Yeah. I half streamers. expected them to bring out like a birthday cake and sing happy birthday like in Frankie and Benny's. I was expecting them to come out with like air guitars or something like that with the, <laughs> the fucking zebra headbands I had on them. Very impressed with this match by, by all six men. 
Um, ACH, the gentleman who was teaming with the Young Bucks, was someone who I've not really watched wrestle before. He was awesome. He was so cool. He reminded me of kind of Apollo Crews levels of what can this man not do? He was like a robot wrestler. Like flips, power, speed, space, charisma. (laughs) You don't have to be a wrestler. You could be president. The option is available for you. Are you telling me that ACH couldn't beat the fuck out of Donald Trump? Figuratively (laughs) and literally, it would happen. I can totally understand why people watch indie shows, um, Ring of Honor and that kind of stuff, because I imagine it must be the best feeling in the world when you see someone who's super talented. Like, if I watched more of this and I became aware of, like, ACH and followed Mm. him more closely, I'd be so proud and so smug when, like, that person got signed to, like, the main show. I mean, it must be such a nice feeling. I've heard, like, wrestling promoters, like, uh, Paul Heyman used to describe saying it's like watching your children grow when you take someone who no one else thought maybe would have value and yeah. you get to see them blossom and become something amazing. And, I mean, I saw that Ring of Honor show was back in 2008. Mm. And on that show, there was Cesaro, Chris yeah. Hero, Daniel Bryan, Cole Cabana... You know, big names. Yeah. And like, when I, when Cesaro debuted in WWE, I was like, literally, like, absolutely mind blown. Mm. And even as well, like, the likes of, um, you know, Finn Balor, Fergal Devish. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching that with my mate Paddy, because he was the Irish guy in Japan. We'd, we'd stay up, we'd watch, you know, New Japan matches, and we'd tweet him, you know, oh. we'd troll him saying, you should have Don't Pay the Ferryman <laughs> uh, by Krista Burgess's entrance music. You still can have that. That's an option for you. But then when we, when the, you know, Paddy doesn't watch as much wrestling now, but I remember when he debuted, he was like sending me a message going, can you fucking believe it? Like, our boy, Fergal <laughs> Devin, he's all grown up, you know? Aww. And it is an amazing feeling. And I mean, I would say it's one of the great benefits of watching. You are kind of getting a, I mean, Seth Rollins, I remember we all booed the fuck out of Seth Rollins. Yeah. Because he, he was like, we thought he was shit. Still won't forgive you for that one. But we, we were like, he's a CM Punk alike. He looks crap. And now he's like amazing. And that mm. makes it even better because I saw him at a time where he didn't have a strong uh, connection with the audience or whatever. And now you see him and he's like better in every way. (laughs) It's incredible. It's an amazing feeling. Absolutely incredible. And one of the nicest ways, if the Young Bucks were to sign, that's one of the reasons why I'd love to see it. I can't wait for the moment when I like a wrestler that's on an indie show and gets signed on a main show. All right, Young Bucks, you hear it now. You heard it first. Just do it to make me happy. Better sign so Joe has a... So I feel like a real wrestling fan. How many PWG shows is she going to have to watch before someone signs someone that she's aware (laughs) of, okay? We do get constant innovation again in this match. We're, We're three matches in and I'm seeing moves that I've never seen before. It does make it hard to remember some spots due to the fact that they're in the form of a constant barrage. I never remember spots anyway. So like I said, yeah, it doesn't make a difference to me. Levels the playing field, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ring of Honor had an odd choice in this one, which is the zany overhead camera shots where people be like lying down and be like, it's kind of like akin to the camera they'd have at the start of Noel's house party where you can see all the... (laughs) All the audience going, way, we're having fun, you know? <laughs> it's a bit strange. Uh, a super kick party does occur again, and we do end up having nine super kicks in total. Yeah. I'm not counting the fact that the last one was three people super kicking one man at once. Yeah. And he kicked out. <laughs> now, that's a, that again, that's like. I think it's fine. It's fine. But I say, if Shawn Michaels is on the card. Maybe don't do that. Yeah, but he's not on the but card. But he's on the card. He's literally nowhere near the card. And he's not going to watch. <laughs> he simply isn't. He's not going to watch. And even if someone tells him, how upset is he really going to be? 
Is that all? Is and that... should he really be upset is the question I have because he's not on the... It's just different. It's so different. I don't know. Maybe some people feel it's strong enough justification. Oh, totally fine with me if you know? people feel that way. Do not judge them at all. But personally, just don't get it. I think when it's like, it's apples and oranges. I yeah, think. it's I don't think different. you can apply the logic of WWE and how things should be done or the logic of a territory 20 years ago and say that's how guys should be acting now. I think because the trouble is, because WWE has had such a monopoly on wrestling yeah, all these years, it's absolutely. so easy to go, well, that's the way wrestling is then, isn't it? Yeah. But why? Why should that be the way wrestling is? Why can't it be all these other things? It can be these other things. I mean, again, it's... it's. I mean, you, you, the guys, the old-timing wrestlers who might be complaining are sitting there with nice Legends contracts... Right, you're not out there on in the indies trying to fucking sell t-shirts and trying to move merchandise yeah. or, or whatever. So, I mean, I, again, even if you're kind of someone who's saying that, oh, they shouldn't do this, and even if it's against what you think, I mean, you can't blame them because no. if you are someone who sees this, I mean, I'd be buying a fucking t-shirt afterwards. I don't know about you. Yeah. And I mean, again, that in its own right is justification. It's in, Indie wrestling is a, is a hustle yeah. to a large extent. So, you know, there is a good five minute period in the end of this match where it was just nonstop yeah. moves, moves, spots, spots, culminating with the Melcher driver with an extra 450 splash and then ACH does another 450 splash. That means nothing to me. But, but I'm guessing that's a fancy move. That is, and what 450 splash is when someone rotates 450 degrees. That's right. 90 oh, more than a full rotation. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Bullet Clubbers win this one, thankfully, after that. Amazing match. So good. Available on YouTube to watch for yep. Ring of Honor. Do check it out. We then zipped all the way over to the land of the rising sun. In the far east of Japan and New Japan Pro Wrestling, where I just wanted to see, maybe not a match that was the world's flashiest or whatever, but I did want to see a match where maybe we could see the Young Bucks when they weren't just doing turned up to 11. And that's why we watched the Young Bucks taking on the world's class tag team of Guido and Jado, who I must say is the greatest name for a tag team ever. The world class tag team. It's good, and you can tell that one of these gentlemen is a fucking uh, is a veteran. That when they're walking out, everyone has their Twitter handles, but the one old dude has just got a blank space. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't think this boy is going to be taking ten flips off the top rope and just, you know kicking out of the young bucks Meltzer driver. So I thought that this might be a slower affair. Also, as well, I was wondering what you thought about this one in terms of. The Japanese crowd. Obviously, the Japanese crowd is not going to chant "fuck the young bucks." Yeah. But what their reactions to them? Did they kind of interest you in any way? They reacted very badly to the young bucks. They didn't seem to like them at all. They actually they they booed them. Dirty heels. Like the young. <laughs> this is a thing which I never thought I'd see. The young bucks came out and they did a little pose and they went, "Yeah, baby," and the crowd <laughs> went, "Boo!" Don't you show off those muscles here? I'm so annoyed. Look at them flexing. Grah! <laughs> It was really, they actually have like proper heat with the crowd. Yeah, they're really good at, at building heat with the crowd. There is like a long tradition in Japanese wrestling of bad guy white wrestler from America who's come with his own customs, you know. Yeah. Quite like, you know, the, the, the stylings of WWE with anyone from another country ever. Yeah. And it's nice to see it being played up here to, to full effect. They do wrestle a different style here. It's It's somewhat dialed back, but I would say in a good way. I mean, I get to notice in this match, for instance, the Young Bucks having some like really decent heel work. And not just heel work in terms of they're pissing off the crowd and trolling them with, with zany moves. They yeah. were like 
they were like cutting off these guys from getting their tags. They were like working them over. They were being vicious. And that was really cool to see that the Young Bucks are more than capable of working a very believable, slightly dialback style. Yeah. You know, that it's it's not they, it's not as if they can only do flips. I thought they were very graceful in this match. It seemed almost like dancing in lots of ways. Yeah, there was a really cool part where they actually they threw the guys into each other and they did the do si do where yeah. they kind of link arms and spin around <laughs> and then they both got super kicks. Yeah. Fucking awesome. I mean I mean, I don't have a whole ton to say about this match. It was quite a short one. Um, it cropped up on Daily Motion. I would say do check it out. But why this one stood out to me was that I looked at this and thought, well, if the Young Bucks conceivably went to NXT, yeah. they could do a more dialed back style. But that makes me wonder, do you think that if they were to sign to WWE, should they kind of stick to the guns of this is our style, this is our, our brand, this is what we're famous for? We're doing this. Or do you think there should be compromise? And I maybe think there kinda... should be compromise. But I don't think... I mean, obviously, what do I know? But on the main show, I don't think it would work because I think they'd have to change too much to fit in. Um, NXT, I mean, as in change, on the main show, you don't think it would work in that... I mean, like, the fans would react, but I don't they'd think... They'd react, the other... but it would break wrestling. It would, I it's mean, a different kayfabe, isn't it? It is. I mean, I don't think the they prime would make time John Cena players... Look like are, shit. Yeah, they're not going to be... It just be... wouldn't work. I don't think many people could keep up with them. No, they would make... It would just show a huge disparity, I think, in the, I think in so. the style. I don't think it would work. But NXT, mm. NXT's a bit weirder. The calibre of wrestling is, is higher and different. Mm. And that kind of flip do style anyway. And their whole kind of meta-ness would fit a lot better in NXT Definitely. than the main show. And also as well in NXT, you've got mostly very young, very hungry tag teams. And there's not like an established, this is NXT tag wrestling. I mean, NXT tag wrestling is probably the weakest spoke on the wheel of that whole show. Their tag division is, it's, it's got some good teams, but it's anytime anyone gets big, they just get called up and they start over from scratch. Yeah. So you could conceivably, I would say, build around the Young Bucks and then make the style slightly different. But, I mean, there's always going to be compromise, I think, with people do sign. I mean, yeah. people were like, Kevin Owens won't be able to do what he does that makes him amazing, and he's getting on just Yeah, fine. Kevin Owens has changed slightly as a wrestler as yeah. a result. Like, I don't think anyone can say oh, no, he's exactly the same as NXT or any of the other shows he did. He's, he's changed, obviously. But he still is amazing But he's still he great, and if, I think that shows partly the true talent is how... Yeah. Not necessarily ha- how much you can change, but if you are adaptable. adaptable and versatile, yeah. I mean, Sami Zayn is a guy who made his name, his entire image, his entire following was on a character called El Generico, which was very the <laughs> generic luchador. You know, he spoke yeah. broken Mexican. He, he spoke broken Spanish. You know, he had this certain moveset, this certain style. He comes to WWE. He's Sami Zayn. He's not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. They're, it's completely different. And everyone was like, He's, he, that's too much of a change and he's doing fucking fine and know? I think as well when it works out nicely like it has for people like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn it actually makes it quite nice for the wrestling fans who are familiar with them outside of that because it gives you like something extra to yeah. latch onto and be like did you know they used to do this it's certainly making it for me as a new fan it's so exciting because you get to learn all about these wrestlers that you like and then find out that actually they did this completely different awesome thing in yeah. their, their past and it's like unlocking it's like buying a new book of your favorite series it's like the new game of thrones book it's a prequel if you find that the band you love used to have like all these interesting bands beforehand (laughs) you get all these demo tapes like oh my god but yeah um the young bucks picked up the win in this new japan pro wrestling encounter and um you know a lot of a lot of incredible matches with the young bucks in new japan and there is a, a thick wedge 
of them which we're still to watch and we will obviously post those up on the Facebook and Twitter as and when we do are watching them because um, I think I don't want to dip my toe too much into Japanese wrestling at the moment because it is so different I'm aware to the kind of stuff we're watching it's different style different mentality different mm. expectations different crowd so again that's something we'll probably visit in more detail uh, down the line I have a question about I suppose with regards to uh, New Japan pro wrestling, but mm. not necessarily just them. Is it really hard wrestling with someone who speaks a different language? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, traditionally speaking, no, because people have been doing it for years and having fucking five-star matches, you know. Yeah. Um, Finn Balor is not fluent in Japanese, but he had amazing matches in Japan with people who did not speak But he did English. speak some, didn't he? He taught himself. It usually goes a, a number of ways. Um, a lot of words are kind of... Um, Either the, the names are, are translatable or most guys will know the names for the, the main moves or whatever and there'll be some middle ground there. Usually how they kind of do is that they might work out a sequence. Uh, sometimes in Japan the higher up wrestlers will even have like translators and kind of young boys who kind of arrange all this stuff for them. Okay. Where they'll kind of tell them well, this is the kind of sequence that we're going to do. They might like number the sequences and then it'll be like sequence number one. And mm-hmm. that's just, and then they know that this is the sequence of moves in a row. So it's kind of pre-arranged. Right. That's not to say there's not been some instances of wrestlers who do not speak the language wrestling with someone else and getting in a massive jam. Um, Christian and S.A. Rios is like a match from WWE in like 2000, just a random match. S.A. Rios didn't speak no English and Christian from Toronto, Canada didn't speak no Spanish. Right. And what resulted was a fucking train wreck. But I mean... Another one which they do at Sin Cara, the original Sin Cara, for instance, refused to learn to speak English, <laughs> but one of the referees spoke Spanish as well, so he would say it to the referee, and then the referee would go over and translate it. So okay. there's no one thick and fast rule, but usually some of the words are kind of mean the same in both languages, sequencing it with numbers, using the referee, using other people, kind of prearranging it beforehand. And a lot of the guys could just go out there. And just fucking wrestle and know what the move should be. Yeah. And that, that does happen as well. There's an element of, of pixie dust, I guess, to, <laughs> to that. But yeah, it is interesting seeing guys who don't speak the same language seemingly communicating better than two lads who fucking are bellowing spots to each other in English. Yeah, I mean, know? I was incredibly impressed at some of the things they were doing. But having said that, this match wasn't as good as their others, I thought. It was way, way toned back. There was a botch, I think, at one point. There was. There was a point where there was like miscommunication where everyone stood around kind of going the fuck are we going to do now and again that would I would say would chalk it up to either a miscommunication or a language barrier or what have you but considering everything they're doing and how fast paced it is and complex yeah you know I mean don't get me wrong I'm not saying this is the New Japan pro wrestling match it was just one interesting to watch oh no yeah for for seeing that dial back uh, that dial back style the final match that we were looked at and it was one which I kind of decided on showing... Some people had suggested this and I decided on showing it to Joe mainly because uh, before this, this was like my favourite Young Bucks match probably um, ever. Um, it probably is some hot contention with some of the ones we've went through. But it, it was from the Chikara King of Trios in 2012 which saw Team Ring of Honor which was the Young Bucks and Mike Bennett who's a hot young upstart who's in that company taking on a group of wrestlers from Japan called Team Sendai Girls. And this is an incredible story, this match, of the Team Ring of Honor, who are these three dickhead heels working against these three tiny, energetic-as-fuck, 
hard-hitting women. I think it was incredible. You say they're tiny. Those girls had muscles. Oh, I mean, I say tiny in terms of short. Height, yeah. As in, one of them, I think their head barely went over the middle row. Yeah. But you're talking about, they were suplexing Mike Bennett, who's a yeah. big dude. They These had are guns. Powerful, powerful women, yeah. to put it lightly. Um, I just, I love this match. I it think... was great. I It was so good, I had nothing to say. I've just got... The Sendai girls are incredible. Wow. I mean, they're unreal. Uh, again, <laughs> just, these are... It's a perfect. Three girls who were, for lack of a better term, I mean, they're relatively unknown. They would have been just kind of a team that was arranged. It wasn't like, oh, Team Sendai girls are going to be at this show. It was just kind of another team. And they absolutely captured the hearts and minds of, of everyone. And they were this kind of... They'd gotten through into this tournament. They'd won the first round. And now they're up against these dickhead young bucks and, and Mike Bennett who want to shut down the fun times and... Everyone hates Ring of Honor. Boo! You know, oh, I fucking love it. Absolutely great. Um, I love the idea of the King of Trios concept, which is like a giant tournament with three-man teams. Mm. And all the teams are kind of like either from other indie companies or you might have some like wacky teams or whatever. Like they've had like old-timey wrestlers from the 80s reform three-man teams just for it like 60 years old coming out in the old gear and stuff <laughs> like that really cool concept and in this match i recommend you can get it it was on the chikara video podcast on their youtube channel available to watch entirely for free uh, and, and legally do so it is incredible some of the triple team spots from the sendai girls are unbelievable just incredible and my favourite moment of this match was when the Nasty Heels, they all go to suplex the Sendai girls because they do kind of play up the they're bigger and therefore stronger and mm. therefore should win. And all three guys go for a suplex and all three of them reverse it at the same time. Yeah. It's fucking great. It's just beautiful choreography. Yeah, and I mean, you've got an insane speed as well. And even though the Young Bucks and Mike Bennett won this match... There was a great moment where the referee was distracted and you actually get to see both Mike Bennett and Matt Jackson tapping out. So that is kind of making these girls look incredibly formidable that caused them to submit. Um, The Ring of Honor team won following an insane sequence of flips and a triple super kick. But a nice little one, a nice little cherry on top of this Young Bucks cake. We've been through a lot of matches. So what were your main kind of takeaway points from watching the Young Bucks matches? Was it fun? Was there stuff you didn't get? What was it? For the most part, I'd say I got it all. Unless there's stuff that just went over my head and I didn't even realise it was going over my head. They're incredibly athletic, incredibly graceful. Even their crotch thrusts <laughs> are beautiful. Some of the best in the business. You know? And I will say as well, I love their crotch thrusts. This is ridiculous. Niche reference time. But they remind me of Jeremy from Pure Ownage. Something like, it's a web series I grew up with and he does a lot of crotch thrusts and it's just nostalgic for me. I see that and I think of of PC gaming era. <laughs> 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 they're, yeah, they're just incredibly talented and... I thought they were pretty fun. I really enjoyed all their matches. There's oh. not a single one that I didn't enjoy that we watched. That's, a, I mean, that's kind of saying something. I yeah. Mean, you know, and again, it was difficult narrowing this down to like, you know, just because I didn't want to spend all this podcast just talking about matches, obviously. I mean, yeah. so I mean, there's still a lot of stuff and thank you everyone who tweeted in so many links to matches and uh, stuff to check out again lengthy playlists that we're gonna muscle our way through you know there's some great stuff out there yeah. would you be inclined to watch more young book stuff then i mean definitely and more ring of honor more of that kind of indie wrestling show see i think that's a real benefit to them yeah is the fact that i think and it's something people overlook 
that newish fans who don't maybe know about this whole other world that exists out there, you know, a whole new world. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, imagine it is you and the young books and me on a magic carpet flying yeah. over, um, you know, Pennsylvania, where lots of indie wrestling takes place. But you are being drawn to this now. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, a, I don't know if I'm speaking on your behalf too much here, but this seemed to make me more lean towards Ring of Honor than me going, and Seth Rollins came from here, and CM Punk, and Samoa Joe. Yeah. I mean, that all registered with you, but I think it was until we watched these matches that you kind of seemed just like, oh. Yeah, because I think it's easy when you go like, oh, these amazing wrestlers all came from there. It's easy to kind of back your head go, yeah, but they might have been shit then. Yeah. It's like seeing a match currently, or at least recently, in that show seeing how good it is it's kind of like evidence that oh okay it's that is that style of wrestling so you've come out of this not just with an appreciation for the box but also a bit of a flavor for indie wrestling yeah and intergender matches as well yeah the um the one thing i'm actually quite curious about um and i have a question regarding is are there any women that have joined wwe after doing intergender matches um, as in people who became famous for it or were known for intergender matches? Yeah, at least people who've done it regularly, you know. Um, Jazz, who would have been a pretty, like, a mainstay for WWE in the early, mid-2000s, um, she primarily was famous in ECW that she was, like, she was so tough she wrestled the men because the women didn't take wrestling seriously there, so she was like, fine, I'll wrestle the men, and she did, and that was kind of her main gimmick, really. Right. So she would have been someone who was known for that. I mean, obviously... Sarah Del Rey, who is now the head trainer, is someone who has made a huge name for herself doing, you know, intergender matches. Cesaro's wife. Cesaro's wife. And she actually fought Cesaro as well. Really? Yeah. So again, there's a a lot of of, of wrestlers who who do do that. And I think it's something that's becoming more and more prevalent on the indies as women's wrestling is not being viewed as a separate thing. As it's being kind of viewed as, as almost being as an equal or as, you know, just more competitors. That intergender matches are becoming a lot more commonplace. I mean, I've seen a lot of indies in the UK that are promoting intergender matches. And honestly, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I don't think that just anyone could do it. I'm not even sure that... I don't think WWE could do it. style of wrestling, I think, it does suit the kind of the flip-heavy, fast-paced style. And you need the right writers as well. Like, that's the thing. I'm not sure I have enough faith in WWE at the moment for them to do it on, like, with their divas. Yeah, don't be booking Brock Lesnar versus Sasha Banks. (laughs) They'd fuck it up. You you somehow fucked that up, even though that seems like it could be amazing. No, they'd make it weird. Yeah, they probably would. have Paul Heyman go through her underwear or something like that. Yeah, nick it or something weird. So that is a crash course in some Young Bucks matches. We got a lot of exposure there. The matches were important. The background is important, but possibly the most important yet to come. Let's take a look at some tweets about the Young Bucks using the hashtag HowToYoungBucks. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Jakara's second iPay-Per-View. And of course, the mother-freaking rock stars, Matt and Nick Jackson, are in the house. Yeah, we are. Tonight, it's a strange dynamic. The belts are on the line. We're wrestling fists. Johnny Gargano and Chuck Taylor. Taylor. Two guys at Philadelphia and the rest of the Jakara fans don't really like. No, they don't. Philadelphia loves the Young Bucks. They do. They do. But little do they know our real intentions. (laughs) Tell them. See, tonight... We're going to take those belts. We're going to take them hostage like that Bruce Willis movie from the 2000s. You probably don't remember. No it was a really good movie. That. But we're going to take those belts hostage, and we're going to take them to Ring of Honor, where they're going to have a real spotlight. 
on television. Where people are going to see them. Yeah. So tonight marks the beginning of a journey. A journey where the Young Bucks continue our success as the most amazing tag team in professional wrestling today. <laughs> Jakarmi, watch for the most amazing tag team in professional wrestling. Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, we're going to give you guys more bang for your buck. We're going to hold those belts and make them proud, huh? Oh, it's going to feel good. <laughs> See you guys out there. So all of these came in on Twitter and on some Facebook, people using the hashtag HowToYoungBucks. And I think as we mentioned earlier, one of the most socially active hashtags we've had so far. Yeah. Uh, wow, people have a lot to say. So let's hear some of the tweets. So Motor City Soul on Twitter said, gimmick infringement, gimmick infringement everywhere. Which makes um, sense to me now. Yeah, gimmick infringement is a, a serious charge if you're stealing someone's stuff. And again, I, I would argue that it is as a part of the character and the heel work. Some people say that's, again, that that's not good enough, but I think that's their justification for it. Yeah. You know? Ryan Smith said, sometimes I watch Raw and I'm left feeling drained. I always have fun when I watch a Young Bucks match. I think that's true. I, after a long show like Raw, you do kind of feel tired i mean we're recording this on the day when we could be watching raw yeah and honestly the thought now when i've heard that it's not great the thought of watching three hours of that like does fill me with dread yeah because i know i will wa i would i would watch it mm. but i think now and then it's kind of like you know what don't have a big fucking don't have a takeaway pizza have a salad kevin okay <laughs> high energy it's better for you watch a young bucks match you yeah know? or in our case a nigel slater <laughs> Home cooked. <laughs> Showing off. Yeah. Just saying I did make an amazing vegetable bake. So good. Late winter vegetables. Check it out. <laughs> JT Grasby says, Loving Christians who super kick women with thumbtack shoes on the weekends. Five stars. <laughs> uh, John Cena fan 62. I, I'm sorry. Your username makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> says, Entertaining, amazing wrestlers, humbled. They make what shouldn't work, work. Yeah. Again, I don't think... Maybe one of the dangers about the Young Bucks, which some people might, might view it, is that because they are setting this precedent and this is the kind of style, a worry might be that younger wrestlers who are just getting in, just getting trained, thinks that that's what they have to do. And you might see people who aren't like the Young Bucks and maybe not be as skilled. I mean, Young Bucks are obviously a team that's been around for many, many years. These guys have got a lot of years on them. Yeah. You know? And the only reason they can pull off this style is because of who they are. And I think a danger might there would be that, yeah, other people might try this and you could have injuries or just burn out a roster or burn out a fan base for an indie. That is always a possibility. That is a very much a doom and gloom way of looking at things. I would things. really hope that any new fledgling wrestler would kind of take opportunity to cash in on their the, the things that they're best at. If they're good on the mic, for example, then that's yeah, just as important but as... Again, I think it's just like, it's a thing you saw in the 90s when Foley went off the hell in the cell and became famous for kind of barbed wire and thumbtacks. Then everyone was trying to do barbed wire and thumbtacks. Right. And that was obviously dangerous. I think this maybe in its own right could also conceivably be where you have people trying to set this fucking ridiculous standards that maybe other people can't live up to and you know i i think the seamlessness at which the young bucks do their moves and the crispness of the matches and almost as if you said like the psychic nature it would seem of yeah it, might just make people think that 
Fuck yeah, I can do that. And honestly, 99% of indie wrestling accidents happen when someone thinks they can do something that they've seen and they probably can't do it. Yeah. And that's like a problem on like lower level indies. And that could, could, could very well be an issue. Yeah. 100% Adam said, no sense, but it's fun and causes everyone to fight and hate each other. A lot of people have compared the Young Bucks, I noticed on, on Twitter and whatnot, to it being like a dumb action movie. Turn off your brain, enjoy it, grab some popcorn. And I do think that mentality does does certainly benefit a lot of those matches. But I do think there is like, there's a little bit more to it. I mean, I think definitely in the, the second PWG match we watched, there is there's sometimes deeper story there. It's yeah. not just moves and flips. They can grab you by them emotional heartstrings as well. So that is in there. Alternate opinion here from Captain Trash. I'm not calling them Trash. That's their username. That's a great username. <laughs> Praised for innovation when really all they do is add a flip to a pre-existing move. That's true. And yeah. again, though, I would say, is that is that making someone pissed off? And if it is, is that making that person want to pay to see the Young Bucks get beat? I might be reading into that way too much. Well, yeah, I mean, Dapper's Den said, never liked them because after you strip away all the snarky tweets, I've simply never found them entertaining in the ring. I think for some people, yeah, they're just not going to enjoy that style. I think a lot of the reason why you and I may find it quite enjoyable and entertaining is a large part the novelty factor. Yeah. Um, there is an element to that to it. If you were someone who was, I mean, I've followed Ring of, Ring of Honor religiously only for like maybe one or two years and kind of semi-seriously for a few more. And in the last two years, not really that much at all. And honestly, if you were someone who was watching that style of wrestling, knew all the indies, knew all the ins and outs, knew all the matches that were happening, the five-star stuff, you would probably not maybe view as being as special as it is. Even though I still think that there's something a little extra there that you might get with, with regular stuff. But the style in terms of like a, a fast-paced style, you do see that quite a lot. So it has maybe been been done before. And I think some people might just simply not be entertained by it because it's not unique or not a spectacle for them because they've seen well, similar. Even though I do think it's still very much a, a level above. It's interesting to say that because Chris Shomo said, some claim they're all spots, but the more you watch, the more you understand their act. Yeah. And there is a, there is an act there, and it's not just if you think the young bucks are literally going out there going, Duh, let's do another flip, because that is what wrestling is. They're they know what they're at, guys. Yeah, you know they really do. Yeah, they seem to have a pretty solid understanding, not only of of them but their audience. I mean, the tweet from the young bucks that always rings true with me is the famous one that says, "Every time an old timer buries us publicly, we add five unnecessary flips to our arsenal." <laughs> Okay, that they, they know what they're doing yeah, there. It's, they do. it's very, very much they're aware. All right, I'm, I'm worried that a lot of wrestling fans, they're it's like Borat has come or Nathan for you has come, and they don't <laughs> realize that they've signed the thing and they're going to look like a fool on the hidden camera show. Yeah. I am concerned about that. <laughs> Adam Reese said, "I don't really like their arrogance and can't understand why they turned down WWE just for bigger indie money. That and they won't shut up about Jim Cornette." Yeah. What Jim, is this deal with Jim Cornette? We mentioned Jim Cornette before being the yin to Paul Heyman's yan, or yan to Paul Heyman's yin, uh-huh. in that very outspoken, very... Th- yeah, I, I think he's a genius. I don't agree with a lot of his theories and, and, and whatnot. But Jim Cornette is very much... Wrestling was at its best in the late 70s, early 80s, when there was territories, there was believability, people paid... For you know, people pay because they want to see a guy get beat, or they believe in the baby face. Back in the good old days when a headlock could last ten minutes. Yeah, and again, there's there's 
there's that element to it. He's very much a, he would be at the forefront pushing towards the idea that, you know, you've done a flipping tombstone pile driver with a guy flipping off the top rope to, to add weight to it and the guy kicks out. The next match, what are they going to do? You know? Right. And he's approaching it from the point of view, I would suppose, as a wrestling booker. And he was someone who did book Ring of Honor and he had a lot of problems with a lot of guys. And like Kevin Owens was another one he had problems with for the same reason, which is he's trying to book a show with nine matches on it. He wants to keep things a certain way. He just want to give away too much. He just want to blow the roof off the building every five seconds. He wants there to be pace and they're not going to do that. Right. That, in its essence, is the beef there. And they have issues with him because... They left TNA to go to Ring of Honor and they don't feel that he gave them, you know, the, the treatment that they deserved. They, their contract expired, you know, they, they let run out of money and they took a pay cut to go there and they okay. had young families at the time. So there's more to it than just we think wrestling should be like this and you think wrestling should be like that. That is how it appears publicly, but there is bad blood underneath the surface there, I think, on both of their parts. And, and Cornette is someone who, again, labelled the accusation of unprofessional to right. the young books so take that for what it is as for the bit about turning down WWE for bigger indie money yeah from what I've seen they are very family focused yeah and they don't like the idea of not wrestling as a tag team which makes sense because they work so well together if WWE ever manages to successfully sign someone to take a considerably lower amount of money than that person could make elsewhere then that is the beginning of the end for WWE and I think for wrestling as a whole. You're going to kill off people's desire to go there. It's happened with a number of wrestlers where they're like, right, you want to come to NXT? Cool, that's 40 grand a year. No merch probably for the first six. You know, you're going to start off at the bottom, developmental, go to the performance center. I get that's part of the process and everyone has to do that now. But you can't undercut guys who can make like... Yeah nearly twice that if not three times that no. doing it themselves and it's not as if that's not celebrating the free market it's not and again you gotta go where you're gonna make the most money yeah and, and also I... if they've got little kids they need support and stuff just as much as here fucking David Cameron with your zero hours contract stop trying to get the young bucks <laughs> to fucking do an unpaid internship in Florida yeah. full sale okay <laughs> You'll make two pounds a week and get a four pound lunch surcharge, <laughs> but you won't be able to provide for your wife and child. You know, it's it's not. I think anyone who's going to go, how dare they turn down the duty? You should be thankful to go to WWE. Be happy that they're after you, but yeah. go for the most money. And fucking duh. Well, not just what's the most money, but what suits you. Like I'm sure money isn't going to be the main factor for a lot of wrestlers getting into this. If you've got kids, though, bearing in mind, you've got to stay where their schools are. You've got to be able to be there for them yeah. as a parent if that's what's important to you. I think it's... Re- I think, to be honest, I think it's a bit of a gender thing as well because <laughs> if they were female wrestlers, there'd be absolutely no issue of the fact that <laughs> they want to spend time near their families. Yeah, it's true. Have a home base and everything. Yeah, but yeah. because they're kind of not... That's not necessarily expected of them. Yeah. If anything, working harder is expected of them. Yeah, it's true. But I think it's really admirable. I, think I, nice. I, I do think as well. And I mean, again, you look at it like this. It's not as if they're kind of going to go in two years' time. They're like, oh, they turned us down two years ago. Rip up any potential no. contract. They're, I would argue they're worth more now than they were then. Yeah. And you see people now coming into NXT, the developmental system, like... Uh, Samoa Joe who would have been a big indie name and he's obviously got a special contract now because they recognise that he's someone who's got name value from the stuff he's done on the indies and I think you could expect I'm not saying it's going to happen but if it was to happen I would expect a similar 
scenario with the Young Bucks. Yeah. Where they're not going to start at the rock bottom because that's just silly. No. Eamon Patton said, a team that was very talented in the ring for years, but in the last few truly understood the role of marketing. Oh, yeah. If you look to the people who are truly successful on the indies, the likes now of Cole Cabana, Chris Hero, the Young Bucks, they're all people who know that you have not just got to make a fan, you've got to make a follower, someone who's going to tweet about you, about you and your shows, promote your shit, buy your shit. Yeah. You know, they, you've forward got to be thinking. business people, really. I mean, again, that's... It's a hustle on the indies and no one is going to give you money unless you, you know, really put yourself out there and go for it. And the Young Bucks have sold a lot of fucking t-shirts. Yeah, I keep hearing that they're excellent t-shirt salesmen. That's what they describe themselves yeah. as, as primarily so, as being t-shirt salesmen. Do they sell a lot of t-shirts then? Is oh that yeah, their fucking thing? hell yeah. It's just like it's, uh, they're quite popular. You can get, check out the Young Bucks. They've got their pro wrestling t-store or whatever, but I mean... They have got a lot of t-shirts. They sell them. They bring them themselves to the show. That's, you know, cash in hand. I mean... I'm looking at their shop now. Super kicks, super kicks, super kicks, super kicks on one. The kings of super kicks. Super kick party. Yeah, they're so self-aware, I'm just saying super kick 64. You guys can have that one for free, okay? (laughs) Just saying, you know, one of you flying with the wing gimmick on your hat. It would work totally. I really like some of these t-shirts. Oh, yeah, they're awesome t-shirts. They're great. And again, I mean... You're going to have fans, they're not going to buy one t-shirt, they're going to buy all t-shirts. It's a thing then for a lot of fans. And when there's a new, Yeah, it's it's smart. It's it's really smart. And that's how you, you can't rely on payoffs for indie shows. People aren't going to spend fucking 20, 50, sorry, people aren't going to spend like more than $20 for a ticket to go to an indie show. So the cut's not going to be huge, but they know that everyone there is going to buy a shirt. And that's like 50 to 200 people spending $20 on a t-shirt. That's smart. Yeah. Okay. And again, that's that's not them being fucking sellouts or evil or being in it for themselves. It's them making money for their families. You know. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense to me. Senor Gobbles asked this very serious question. This could cause a tag team breakup, but which of the Bucks is more handsy? Oh damn. Hmm. I'm 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 just gonna say Matt. I, again, I, I maybe it's because Dan drew him more handsy for the artwork. Which one's Matt again? Matt is the guy with the big sideburns. Oh no, I I think oh, it's really difficult. They look really similar and yet really quite different when you've got a picture of them up side by side. Can we like split each of them down the middle and then graft the other half onto that would each be other? Good. Yeah? Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Because I'm not normally a fan of sideburns, yeah. but I will say I think I think he pulls them off. And I'm definitely not a fan of ponytails, but again... Again, we all have to make sacrifices. The Future said, No ring psychology, horrible ego, surprisingly over. Made the super kick normal. HBK is rolling in his grave. And he's not even dead yet. HBK, that's Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, yeah. So Shawn Michaels, innovator of the... Well, not say the innovator, but definitely the man who made the move famous. So has he had a vocal opinion on the super kick? No, not to the best of my knowledge. Someone should ask him. Speaking on his behalf. Again, I don't think Shawn Michaels really gives a shit. Nah. To be honest, okay? He, he's retired. This is something I never understood. When you first told me that wrestlers have finishing moves that other wrestlers can't use, mm. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. It's, it makes no sense to me. Well, again, you get the, you get the you look at the Young Bucks. They use super kicks willy-nilly and they do tombstone pile drivers. Finishing moves of Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, who yeah. are basically... The two stalwarts of WWE legacy, <laughs> you know. So again, that's maybe where people get a little bit sensitive about that. Mm-hmm. Nice guy, Vinny said. WWE No Mercy N sixty four tribute tag team. <laughs> yes, someone described that they 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 like they're wrestling. 
They wrestle a match as if they're going for the World Heavyweight Championship on the single player mode on No Mercy <laughs> in that it's like, I'm not giving you my finisher and pinning you. I'm doing it three times while I still have my special meter filled because I'm yeah. fucking making sure because I'm not taking on the road dog again. Not tonight. Not any <laughs> night. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I would definitely say they are No Mercy through and through. Finally on Twitter, we have, of all people, Max Landis. Really? Yeah. Saying, I always thought of the Bucks as kind of sociopathic eight-year-old boys who don't understand the consequences of their actions. <laughs> well, I think the consequences of their actions is money in their pockets, and they're only too aware, yeah. I would say. But uh, in terms of the wrestling characters, like it, they do have this kind of remorseless quality to them, almost. I mean, super kicking a child's. Yeah, sociopathic, I guess that's kind of true. I mean, what they did in Eight-year-old boys. As in, I, I think if the Young Bucks could, they would have taken out a giant magnifying glass and burned Joey Ryan alive with the sun. If they could have, they would have. <laughs> and I would definitely agree with the eight-year-old stereotype on that front. Okay. Uh, just a few ones we had over here at facebook.com slash wrestling. David Crawley saying, The Young Bucks have a brilliant gimmick where if they're ever doing something in the ring, you think it's bad, then it's actually on purpose to make the people angry and secretly really good. They can't lose. <laughs> Again, I'm wondering if I've maybe worked myself into some sort of logic time warp throughout yeah. this episode. But again, at what point is it layers and layers of meta? At what point is it just them just pissing you off? I mean, it could still happen, you know? Yeah, it's a difficult one to kind of define. And I don't want people to think kind of me gotta go like, or us saying, hey, it's meta, therefore you can't be mad. Oh, no. You can be mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. It's entirely opinion. I mean, it's it's opinion-based. Preference, it, yeah. It doesn't bring my piss to the boil, but I'm sure a lot of people, it will put the kettle on the hob for you. I ain't gonna sit down and force anyone to watch the Young Bucks if they hate them. <laughs> Kevin Poole, who actually requested this episode on Patreon, being one of our $50 backers, said two of the best wrestlers on the planet and the best tag team currently. I would say they're definitely way up there. Uh, in terms of match quality, no other tag team is, is doing what they're doing. Matches like this, the one that they included, which was uh, Young Bucks and ACH versus the, um, the Addiction, which we watched for Ring of Honor. Says matches like this are the reason why Ring of Honor is my favorite wrestling promotion right now. Okay, people say their lack of psychology is the reason that they're terrible. But if it's between a seventies to eighties style match full of psychology with god awful in ring work versus a books match with no psychology and mind blowing ring work, I'll choose that books match every single time. You can hate what they're doing to the sport. But you can't deny their athleticism. Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely true. Um, Gordon Wingate here, another quote from Jim Cornette, who describes them as being professional video game characters for <laughs> a living. Uh, again, that's a, a that's a kind of a whole style of wrestling people would would say, which is the kind of move up, move up, video game wrestling, not real wrestling. Um, again, yeah, some people just pisses them off. Preference. Preference, definitely. Whatevs. Dave Meltzer's favourite tag team says Alan Dill. Dave Meltzer, like, literally, anytime he gets a chance, he's like, oh, you know, they, they named a move after me. We know, Dave. Oh, that's nice. We know. Get, write that newsletter. Get back to work, Dave Meltzer. Stop talking about the Young Bucks. <laughs> no one else named a move after Dave Meltzer. I'm just saying, surely that's the best way to get, like, into the... I don't know, being talked about by the wrestling community. Get Dave Meltzer on your side talking about you all the time. Well, Meltzer has got, like, he does his Observer Letter News Awards. So his Observer Newsletter Awards every year. So it's like, you know, best match, best uh, best heel, best face, best tight team. And they said that their goal is to win every single one. 
They're on their, wow. on their track to probably doing it. Like, but Armando Fuentes here hypothesizing that maybe they should say, I'm sorry, I love you each time they do a super kick. Might give it a little bit more <laughs> poignancy like that. And Brad Jones as well here pointing out the Bullet Club gimmick of using those NWO and DX cliches and mannerisms to get heat in Japan as an invading faction, but maybe saying that on American shows that makes them get unfairly branded as unoriginal as a result. Again, that kind of the actions that they're doing in Japan, it may seem as kind of legitimate heat. And then back here, it's kind of been viewed as like, oh, you're just doing, you know, other wrestlers stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, spot heavy, but always fun to watch. And I would probably second that just before we cut off facebook posts we got a great one from cole campbell saying what i love and assume what everyone else loves about the young bucks is how much they've changed in the last few years mm. when i first saw them in 2009 they're incredibly athletic high flyers with an old school rockers look about them they're fun to watch of course but that was it and in the world where we have promotions like dg usa pwg and jakara just high flying won't make you stand out so in a fit of frustration with tna and ring of honor's management the bucks stopped caring about how they were perceived and just started being themselves and what they are at their core is wrestling fans they adopted dx's suck it and crotch chop to anyone who dared call them vanilla spot monkeys if someone said they did too many unnecessary flips they did even more and if someone said they had devalued the super kick they would do more of them too and by turning their back on the labels that everyone has placed on them they've become actually the most sought after talent in all of wrestling they're so over an independent promotion in new york 2cw named one of their events we booked this show because it was literally the only available date for the young bucks <laughs> which is so funny <laughs> no seriously nail absolutely smashed on the head there and you know what it's something that they was always used to say and it would be the likes of, of Jim Cornette and whatnot, who will always say for these, you know, the young guys in the Indies, oh, great wrestler, great flips, great athleticism. Where's your character? Where's your personality? It's a label that was given for Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, anyone who came out of that Ring of Honor. It was like they use the term vanilla midget, which is like, yeah, you know, you can do your flippy doos and all that, but you got no personality, no star power, and no what one's going to care about you. What the hell does that even mean? It sounds incredibly offensive. It is incredibly offensive, but Yikes. I mean, what what they have done is that they have shoved that right back in the face of anyone who would say, ah, indie guys with your flips, no character. They've got fucking character in spades. Yeah. And guess what? Those people are still pissed off. <laughs> so what is it that you want? <laughs> you know? Really, really great stuff. Appreciate all the comments, messages on tweets, Facebook and Twitter. Absolutely incredible. Do make sure you check out the common threads on Facebook for this episode to see some of the discussions taking place there. A lot of divisive opinion, particularly on Twitter. Follow that using the hashtag HowToYoungBucks. Yeah. So a couple of people actually suggested on Twitter that I approach the Young Bucks on there because they don't have um, as big an audience as, say, John Cena. So they're more likely to actually respond. They seem to use social media quite well. Oh, they're awesome on Twitter. So I just sent them just out of the blue. I was like, I'll just give it a shot if they don't reply. Like with the Hulk Hogan trying to get a retweet thing. <laughs> Who cares if it doesn't happen? So I just sent them a quick tweet saying, hey, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, how would you describe the Young Bucks? Any idea where there's such a love-hate disparity with you? And they actually replied, which is awesome. And hey, Young Bucks, if you're listening, thanks. That yeah, was that's really awesome. cool. That's really cool for a new fan to get tweeted by yeah. the wrestler. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I did freak out. You marked out. <laughs> I marked out, yeah. And their response was really on point as well, which made me like them even more. I'll read them out. Um, Matt Jackson said, We're self-aware athletic t-shirt salesmen who host infomercials called wrestling matches. We aren't heel or face. 
We're our own genre. We're our own style. We don't follow tradition. We're different. We're everything that shouldn't work, but does. Most wrestlers want to create a fight atmosphere. We want to create a party. But most importantly, we're fathers and husbands. People will always love or hate something that's popular and wanted. So I thought that was nice. That's really well. Some that's cool what nice, they said. I would say... That was uncharacteristically reserved for them. I was expecting them to uh, say how fucking awesome they were in 20 tweets or less and then maybe super kick you. <laughs> and I will thank you right now for not super kicking my girlfriend. Thank Thanks. you very much, guys. I appreciate I pre- it, too. appreciate that. Um, peace in our time. I uh, then continued the conversation. I never know how to end it. I, I'm inappropriate. Keep her lit. So I then said, P.S. I love your flares in that I actually hate them, but they're perfect. And I was thinking with this one... They're either going to block me or they're going to go, she gets it. And you know what they said? They said exactly, with a little winking emoticon. Ah, So I get it and I feel really cool. You know what? This whole podcast will be a lot more easier if you fucking wrestlers out there actually take the time to explain. I haven't got fucking all day to be doing this. You fucking do it. You explain it to her. Okay, thank you very much, Young Bucks, for tweeting. That's fucking awesome. But wait, there's more. Oh my goodness. And this is the bit that Kevin really didn't know about because I've been keeping it a secret. So, based on the fact that they replied to all my tweets, I was getting a bit cocky at this point and I was yeah. like, okay, what else should I ask them? So I asked them the most important question of all. Oh. I said, Young Bucks, who is the most handsome member of the Shield? Mother of God. And do you want to know what they said, Kevin? I bet you they said fucking Seth Rollins. Do you want to know what they said, Kevin? What did they say? Do you want to know what they said? Just say your mind. I'm not your enemy at this point. I'm not Adam Bibolo. Do you want to know what they said? I'm not your mother, okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right, this should either be taking place in therapy or with those people. Don't direct your hate at me. I said, who is the most handsome member of the Shield? We have a long-running debate about this, and I feel your input as pros would help settle it once and for all. And uh, Matt Jackson replied, saying... Two words, right? Rollins, abs, boom! Wow, it's official. I thought there's some Seth sort of, Rollins wins. I thought there was some sort of like dad code that no. you know they would automatically no. vote for the dads. No, because you know what, the young bucks have taste. Yeah, they're also heels. Okay, what you say? You're clearly <laughs> fucking heels. Like, you know, how are you enjoying those brand new Apple watches, boys? <laughs> How's that trip to Hawaii? Seriously, though, I cannot. Like, awesome. I cannot emphasize how much my dream has come true with the, awesome. these incredible wrestlers who I've just discovered. Oh, sorry, awesome. there's a knock at the door. It's a bouquet of flowers <laughs> from the Young Bucks. Foot-shaped flowers. Wow. Who I would join them and become, like, massive Seth Rollins fans with them. That's awesome. Worship his abs. That's so fucking cool. So there you go. Well, yeah, you know, it's like they say, life is like a hurricane here in Buckberg. So I was... Couldn't help but think of the Young Bucks and then just think of the DuckTales theme song. Oh, know? yeah. Because, you know, they might, they might do a super kick or just <laughs> act like a dick. BuckTales. Every day they're out there making BuckTales. I mean, someone can Photoshop that if they want to. Do it. I mean, I think it needs to be done, okay? Do it, if only because I can imagine how long Kevin spent on those lyrics. Well, I, I started off... I mean, I did have the whole thing. I was like, life's like a hurricane book. here in Buckberg. You know, it's a Buck Blair. I didn't... But it's too long. It's too long. And again, until someone does like an animated TV series where Matt and Nick have got our duck yeah flying around in the plane solving mysteries kickstarter with, with kickstarter make saying. it happen well that was how to young books and that was honestly so informative for me yeah 
Uh, was it informative for you? Yes. I mean, I've gone from literally having never heard of these guys to feeling like I could actually have a conversation with a Young Bucks fan or even themselves, yeah. as I've proven. I've done it on Twitter. Now, obviously, previous episodes of How to Wrestling, sometimes the end of this episode is kind of like a fuck, glad enough to talk about that again. But would you consider yourself to be interested in continuing your yeah, fandom? Yeah, I love ones? them. I think they're great. I love all their marketing stuff. Um, and I think they're really incredible wrestlers and I'm really excited as well because there are rumours about them possibly debuting on NXT at some point. Mm. And maybe it's all bullshit, who knows, yes. but I'm excited either way. Yeah, definitely. If it, they continue win, to do win. what they do, it'll be awesome if they go to WWE. It'll be interesting as yeah. hell. Like, so, I mean, I'm definitely excited. So thank you everyone for helping out with this special episode, How to Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. And thanks again for Kevin Pill for yeah. being our first $50 patron backer to request an episode. And that's a fucking barn burner of and a one there. thank you, Kevin Pill, for introducing me to a tag team that I'm genuinely a big fan of now. Boom! That's all you fucking want from an episode of How yeah. to Wrestling, really. Our next episode, and one which I'm fucking ecstatic about doing, we like to obviously do classic wrestlers, current wrestlers. Our next episode is going to be on a tag team, which is definitely very much classic, but also has recently returned to WWE, therefore making them incredibly current. And it's a group who Joe only saw for the first time wrestle at Night of Champions, but I can't wait to show her all about them. I'm talking about Bubba Ray and Devon, the Dudley Boys. Yeah. Our next episode of How To Wrestling in the style of the tradition, either Joe Graham or myself, most likely Joe, will end up through a table as we take a trip to <laughs> Dudleyville and look at the madhouse that is the origins of the Dudley Boys, their time in ECW, WWF, TNA and beyond. Um, I do want to focus on this episode primarily on their role as a team. I think we might do a separate episode because Bubba Ray has had a, a quite lengthy solo career. Okay. I think that will probably be its own episode, if I'm quite honest. So anything which you want to tell us about the Dudley boys in terms of what Joe should know and what matches she should watch, opinions on them. Bubba Ray and Devon are people who have rubbed some fans the wrong way, uh, myself included. Even really? Though, even though they're my favourite tie team of all time, uh, I, I do have a story about that one, uh, which I've regaled before in the Attitude Era podcast. But any personal stories about meeting the Dudley Boys, how they, how they, how they were, um, matches we should watch, promos we should see most definitely there's some ecw promos i know that joe should see and also maybe any discussions because i mean you know there's a lot about dudley boys and women and tables uh, something we've discussed on the Era podcast a lot so i would make a special mention for any fans who have listened to those episodes or heard us talk about that before to maybe pitch in your two cents so joe has another opinion maybe about that whole uh, issue about the dudley boys needless to say one of the most important tag teams of all time and i'm very very excited to do one amazing tag team in the Young Bucks and now moving on to another amazing tag team in the Dudley Boys. Uh, times are good here in How To Wrestling. They are. Match quality has improved significantly now that we got fucking Hogan out of the way. Yeah, God. <laughs> and I was, uh, all we have to do now is remind you to make sure you are following us on Twitter and you're going to be using, of course, for our new episode, the hashtag HowToDudleys at 
hash how to wrestling tweet in let us know what your thoughts are as well facebook.com forward slash how to wrestling you can leave us fan art spoofs and goofs we have images up there episode artwork with ongoing discussions common threads where you can suggest stuff for new episodes or just pop by to say hello we have gotten amazing fan art fan artwork in those. oh some incredible oh. stuff wow wrestlers doing fun things in their spare time Joe, on their day off Joe curb stomping Hulk Hogan yeah with a fucking Joe Graham Seth Rollins logo t-shirt yeah incredible Kevin doing a Hulkamania pasta mania promo on me while I eat pasta Hulkamania currently our cover photo Hulkamania pasta mania but yeah guys it was, it was awesome stuff I mean uh, keep it up is all I can say I mean we will uh, look and admire every little doodle and scratch and scrawl that comes its way through yeah. facebook.com slash wrestling and don't forget you can find us on SoundCloud don't forget to subscribe alternatively you can find us on itunes you can subscribe on there also uh leave a rating or review give us your opinions your feedback on the episodes help that algorithm some very nice reviews left recently and thank you for those people who do take a bit of time to leave a rating and a review it helps us out massively so we really appreciate it and also as well uh, something we appreciate greatly and it is the best social media there is i'm talking about the mouth of the human being you can speak to other people let them know let your friends know about how to wrestling if you've got someone you want to get interesting a lapsed fan maybe wants to get back into it or just someone you think might be interested in hearing a new fan's perspective do let people know about how to wrestling Uh, we've got a lot of people who've been recommending it recently and that honestly is the best way to help us. Absolute out. best way to help us. For those of you who are not aware, we are now on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling. If you wish to support the running of this podcast and help out Joe and Kevin and their how to wrestling pursuits, you can donate over there, become our patron, become our backers. Mm-hmm. We have backers from all walks of life at the moment. Thank you, everyone who's backed us. It's been fucking an incredible response. It's, it's been really unreal. <laughs> we have hit nearly all of our stretch goals, yeah. bar like one or two. Well, the, like the unrealistic one, which is we quit our day jobs. <laughs> hey, it's, it's still a possibility. I'm oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, it's great. If you're not aware, you get, uh, depending on the value of your patronage, you get different rewards. One dollar backers get Joe's show notes all the notes that go into the making of an episode of how to wrestling five dollars gets you access to our pay-per-view reviews we do those monthly um we've done SummerSlam so far we've just done night of champions yes uh, so that's be available for five dollar backers you will get a extra episode monthly content will be going up there next one will be hell in the cell later in october oh i'm excited very much so ten dollar backers you get access to our monthly q a hangout and if you are someone who simply must pull a kevin pool and steer the great mighty ship that is how to wrestling $50 backers can request an episode as well, okay? And we have got some incredible ones lined up. Yeah. I was someone who's originally like, um, I don't know if we should have too many requested episodes, but honestly, the people, the episodes you've requested are even better than the ones yeah. I planned. They're we were going to awesome. limit them, and now we're thinking maybe we won't because all of the requests have been really good. It's not like we have to worry about, you know. Subtle hint for you mega fans out there. Joe's got a 33 and a third percent chance of thinking the next episode after Dudley Boys is going to be fucking awesome, okay? Wink, wink. That's all I'll say. What does that mean? It's a little bit of math for you there, Joe. You, you, it all will make sense in a few weeks' time. Is that something to do with pie? No. 
<laughs> good, good guess though. Very good guess. And of course, yes, uh, backers, all amounts are welcome and uh, graciously taken. Anyone who has taken the time, taken the the time out of the day to patronise us over on Patreon.com, thank you so much, guys. It's really fucking awesome. Um, I've been doing podcasting a long time, and it's really nice to see like kind of such strong support and backing from the community. And it's nice to be able to have that extra content on there and give stuff back for that. So again, we always say if there's something you'd like to see on the Patreon or extra content or extra rewards or stretch goals you think we should have, do tweet in, let us know. Uh, we're always interested in hearing. What yeah, we to want say. to know your thoughts and opinions on everything. And thank you again for your thoughts and opinions on the Young Bucks. It has been a phenomenal experience watching these matches, talking about them, hearing your thoughts. I feel a lot less split about the Young Bucks now compared to when I first started this. Yeah. I think that I have been swayed quite a bit by the the, the fans and the opinions and actually just watching some of these matches yeah. kind of in sequence. It's really kind of turned me a lot on them. So this has been great for me. Yeah, um, it's been really, really exciting. Really good fun. So don't forget, hashtag how to Dudleys. Let us know about Bubba Ray and Devon, those damn Dudleys for our next episode. I'm really excited. I, I mean, if, uh, if they're my fucking favourite tag team ever. It may just be two hours of me going, Ooh! Better not be. I can't wait to have an opinion. It'll just be me going, Ooh, and Joe going, Jesus. Jesus. So, you know, that, that might work, you know. Jesus. Well, we'll catch you next time on How To Wrestling. <laughs> it's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And a goodbye from me, Joe. And we'll see you next time. And we're going to take a trip to Dudleyville. See ya. kind of offhand joke on Patreon for our $50 backers that they would get to name our non-existent child that me and Kevin don't have. I would say they're legally obligated to name our non-existent child at this Are we point. then legally obligated to actually follow through with that, do you think? If we Maybe. If not, I think we can adopt like a, a dog or a runaway yeah, cat or okay. something. Name it that as right. well. So we asked Kevin Poole, our backer for this episode. Hello again, Kevin. Thank you very much for backing this episode. He gets to name our non-existent child for this episode. Oh, good. And uh, this is what he decided to uh, to send in. He says, This is how it would go in my head. The agreed-upon name would be Kevin Madden Jr. But just as Kevin looks at the birth certificate, he sees you signed at Seth Rollins Jr. <laughs> Swerve, heel turn by Joe. That's when Rollins' music hits. He runs into the delivery room and rolls up Kevin for a quick three count. God grabs damn. his baby in the bank and runs away. <laughs> Two things about that. If he was called Kevin Jr., the kids could call him Kevju. Kevin. So we're, we're missing out a trick there. Right. Also as well, in that scenario, if I was to, you know, it's not it's not something to make light of, I guess, someone stealing a child. But if you are going to do it, that's the most hilarious circumstances. I would only add the caveat that J&J security should be the wet nurses. <laughs> they, they, they pull down the thing or give a big yes. wink or something like that. I want to speak to the chief of medicine. It's Vince McMahon. Oh, shit. You know, it would work. Excellent nice. job, Kevin. Thank you.